0: Hello, I am Joshua. I'm Jamie. And we're going to do Daredevil. Daredevil.
1: Again, I know we already did that on an episode, but this is the first one that we've recorded in 2020.
0: 2020. Yeah. Be, be careful when you write uh, 20 down on your checks that you still send in the mail because you're old school. Uh, remember to put uh, 2020. Yeah, so not no just long 20 because they could change it, it to like 2017, 2018. This little PSA for everybody. <laughs> I read it on the internet, so. Yeah, must be true. Must be happening out there. Yeah. Um, before we start,
1: uh, I have a little gift for you again.
0: But you gave me a gift last time. So I know, but this
1: one's tiny. I saw it in a shop when I was out shopping, so I thought, oh,
0: oh,
1: here you go. Look oh, at that. No
0: way. Oh yeah, gimme, give gimme, give gimme, give gimme, gimme. Nice. It's a daredevil. Oh. You can tell. It's it's daredevil playing cards. This is awesome because I have actually have like a little mini collection of of playing cards from different. Oh, things. you did? Yeah, I've got a lot of them. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, my favorite is probably well, my favorite is a set of of two dogs because it reminds me of a picture that my that we had at home and everything. Mm-hmm. But um. I've got Batman Returns cards. I've mm. got Final Fantasy cards. I've mm-hmm. got uh, uh, I've got a lot of my Ninja Turtles. Several of those. So this is cool. Thank you. You're welcome. I actually, don't have any Daredevil ones yet. So there this is perfect. They're kind of fun. Yeah, they, they repeat a lot, but that's all right. Oh, dude, that's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh,
1: 2020,
0: mm-hmm. uh, Daredevil is still. Uh, still has his own self-titled series. He does. So that's a pretty good accomplishment considering he started back in 1964. Mm-hmm. So that is now what year of Daredevil? We are on um, uh, be 36 plus 20, so we're on 56, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 56 years of Daredevil. And we've only covered two years of his life in that whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, last podcast, mm-hmm. it was wintertime, mm-hmm. Christmas um, issue. That's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, not this podcast But next podcast We are uh, Going to record Another Christmas That's oh, right or We have a couple yeah, A double Christmas yeah, episode Yeah yeah. Uh, or not episode But issue There's a Christmas yeah. issue In Daredevil So my rule As everybody knows Who is a long time listener Is mm-hmm. that Every winter Daredevil gets a year older mm-hmm. So i got to go back and i got to figure out how many winters there's been since issue one. When,
1: what's his birthday? It must have been on a gravestone. I'm so lazy, I don't, I don't even... I've <laughs> <laughs> done zero research on Well,
0: it. I mean, if we're going back to 1964 and he started when he was, you know, if you had your way, Jamie, you'd say 22. Um, then, I mean, 22 years before 64. So he's getting pretty old. Yeah, he's an oldie. The, yes. the current series is all about how old he is. So it's kind of
1: fun. Um, Daredevil... When was Mac Murdoch born? When was Mac Boone?
0: born? He was born in the 80s, according to <laughs> That doesn't tally up at all. Well, then I'm going to say he was born in 1980. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, just turned 40 because he was a January 1st baby. So he's I'm trying, to, I'm trying to make him as old as I can. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I really want to know what, uh, what day his birthday is. I, I thought Oh, oh you're
0: talking about the year. You're talking about his actual date.
1: Yeah, I'm talking about when his birthday is.
0: Have they celebrated any birthdays yet?
1: Um, I
0: can't remember. That's I, a good question. I think... Was there ever a cake delivered?
1: No. I know that he's done... Uh, I know uh, Foggy had a birthday, didn't Yeah. He? Um, ba, 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 ba. It doesn't say anyway. Gender, high, uh, origin, blah, 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 blah.
0: Well, then, if we can't find it, Jamie, then we should just make our own day. Make that it, we, you know. yeah.
1: What, what start sign do you think <laughs> Matt Murdock is? <laughs> When is Matt? I should really not be doing this while we're recording. But who cares?
0: Um, See, all it does is bring up the year, the year, the year, the year, the year. We don't want the year. We want the actual day. All right. If anybody listening knows, tell us Mm. when is Daredevil's birthday. We want to know what day he was born. The year, not so much because uh, that obviously changes over time. But I would think his actual birthday would be the same. Yes, exactly. It's uh well, while Jamie is fooling around on the computer, <laughs> just, I'm, I'm completely fallen I, down a
1: hole. I know that he's had a gravestone up, which he feels like it would have his uh, birth on there, his date of birth on there because he had a fa- he's had at least 3 occasions where he's faked his death. So, you'd feel like yeah. there'd be some some uh, set in stone, haha, pun intended. Um, but there'll be some some
0: rule about when his birthday is. But right, it's not. Well, we're going like to have that. to do some research and find it. I'm going to. I'm obsessed now. Yes. In fact, um, you, you take over. I'm gonna okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So this is going to be just Joshua doing yeah. the podcast. Anyway, today, we're
1: so on episode fifty-seven.
0: Fifty-seven. We're going to be covering five issues. Yeah. We some... see a lot of things happen in these issues. These are all from the self-titled series. It's um two forty. Seven, seven through mm-hmm. 251. Yeah, we have a
1: couple, we have three artists over these five issues.
0: Um, but then
1: we settle, and the back two we settle on the the then, um, Anderson E's regular artist, penciler art, artist team because it's uh, it's John Romita Jr. and uh, Al Williamson. Williamson who does and, yeah. the inks, mm-hmm. and to say, I mean, they pretty much hit it, hit their stride out the gate, and then it just gets better. That's the great thing about that pairing. Um, but the the three before that, we have two different artists and they're pretty fun. I liked reading the letters page about the one that we're going to cover first, which is uh, 247, um, which was, the art was by Keith Giffen. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, there was some, some letters were really like, well, this is garbage art, but I got into it eventually. It's <laughs> like no, really? kind of <laughs> wild. Uh, Keith Giffen is, I mean, he's been, he's. I was trying to think. What would you? What would you? How do you know Keith Giffen? What? What is the one series that comes to mind when you think of Keith Giffen? Because he's been around for. I know. um, I can't remember when he first started drawing, but it feels like it was like the maybe the late seventies. Superman. Superman. I don't know. You
0: don't know him. No, I know him. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, But I I don't know. Like, he. He. I mean, he did Legion of Superheroes for a long time. He didn't have like. He didn't have like. One thing that he's known for, right? I mean, I, well, that's.
1: I, I think he's he's probably known for Legion of Superheroes. Legion. If you asked a hundred comic book fans of a certain age, mm-hmm. that would eventually be the one that got the most. But he's also, you know, Ambush Bug, uh, Justice League, which mm-hmm. he he plotted. Um, um, like Lobo, he created Lobo, mm-hmm. so he might be known for that. Um, I'm trying to think what he was known for at Marvel. It feels like he kind of drifted in and out of Marvel. This period is when he started getting some uh, flack for his art style because it changed. He used to do this very Kurt Swan style, very clean-lined, and um, then he shifted. And um, Joshua, if you could – I can't reach it, but there's a book up there that's kind of all folded and battered. This artist was someone who he started to – thank you – Started to uh, study, he said, um, and he um, uh, he got a lot of he got in a lot of trouble where people said that he was copying this art style. Um, uh, is it Jose Munoz? Was that the artist's name? Uh, bah, 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 bah. But yeah, anyway, he 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 sort of pared down to this really stark, um, very stylized, black and white, very shaded. Using very simple character designs and and a lot of people were kind of reacted to that when he started doing that um and he was he was accused of uh copying oh, quite really? a lot yeah of uh tracing which is the the dreaded uh thing for anyone to be accused of in comics yeah um Wow, I am I just looked him up. He was born in 52. He's uh New Yorker, Queens, New York. And I'm trying to find the controversy. Here we go. Uh, the trouble with keep giving. Yeah, it says that uh, on, on the Wikipedia, so you can look it up really easily because it's lazy again. Um, there was an article in the Comics Journal in February 1986 that talked about the problems of his shift in artwork, And it was the other guy. I got the name. No, uh, it was Munoz it was a uh, Jose Antonio buenos M- I um, sorry if I'm butchering the name um, he's an Argentinian artist and Giffen was accused of swiping him and this is kind of in that period um, I mean this is let's see this is 1987 so it's a little after but it's still that kind of where his art has shifted to this very stark and shadowy and like it'll often draw a character whose face is completely in shadow except for like the the forehead. Um, and I mean, he's, he's worked on so much. It, it was hard for me to think of why he, what he was known for because of that. He has done, he's done a lot of little things for Marvel, yeah, but he's mostly known for his for, DC. For work. That, yeah. That's how
0: I know him. Uh, he did uh what was it? Um, 52. Remember yeah. 52, mm-hmm. which was that it was um, a weekly one with yeah, uh, And it had Jeff four Ge- writers and Jeff Johns was kind of the, um, it was like I guess the the mastermind behind it, I believe, if i but remember Keith, correctly. Keith Giffen
1: plotted the whole thing, yeah, I think, or drew drew the layouts. The I should layouts say. Right, he did yeah. the layouts. Um, it was Mark Wade. Was Jeff Johns one of the writers? And Jeff Johns was and I th- Grant I think, Morrison, yeah, he, 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 and it was I c- I Greg Rocker, wrong, I, maybe,
0: I th- maybe, but I, I think it was a. I just remember reading about because this was a long time ago that yeah. I read that, but that Jeff Johns kind of was the. I guess like the mastermind behind yeah. it, if I, if I remember correctly. It was but, kind
1: of fun. I don't know if you, yeah. did you did you follow the whole thing? Because um, weekly it's, comics it's gets it's, expensive.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. It, it's been a minute. Actually, I, f- I remember um, when I first discovered that libraries had graphic novels. Was then. <laughs> yes. It, and I went to, uh, I, I went to the, the Burbank Library and um, I ended up picking up a lot of the 52 and reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been such a long time. Yeah. Um, and then he also worked on some of the New Fifty Two. He didn't do very much in the New Fifty Two, but uh, his name popped up a couple of times. He yeah, did, he, he did, did some the OMAC. R- it, was it? Yeah, he did OMAC. He did some writing in it mm-hmm. too. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's gonna be a podcast about him. <laughs> yeah, I uh, like I like him a lot.
1: But yeah. yeah, I just wanted to say about the artwork style because. Um, like I said, there was some letters in later issues of Daredevil mm-hmm. where they were like, "Oh my God, keep Giffen! What the, what's he doing?" You know it, I li- I really like you still. Li- I loved I love the stuff that he was doing on Legion of Superheroes, and I really liked when he shifted to this new style.
0: I never read Legion of Superheroes.
1: He had a great was that role in the, of- was it in the in the 90s it was in the eighties. Okay. Yeah, he 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 was the artist, and then he took over as the writer, co-writer, and then writer. And there was like a three. Uh, it was across three series or three uh, volumes of, of the series. Mm-hmm. And he kind of took over, I'm trying to remember the names of the, uh, yeah, this isn't a Legion of Superheroes. So you could go look up Legion of Superheroes and read, do your own work. We're, we're <laughs> busy talking about <laughs> data. do um,
0: uh, But I can kind of understand a little bit about um, where people were coming from with this particular yeah. issue. Because first of all, it's a very weird one. And um, yeah. I, I I like Anna Santee, and she's done a lot of great stuff with Daredevil. Uh-huh. Um, this is another part of that storyline that she's kind of going along. That kind of gets forgotten a little bit. I mean, yeah. maybe they come back to a little bit later. You've read further than me, Jamie, but um, there's that whole okay, there's that whole <laughs> Russian, um, I guess, secret group that is in control. It's actually of this. American. It's the American. Oh, it's American. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they have really i thought it was yeah. russian no, well a- anyways there's this secret group of people that are um taking these people and manipulating their minds yeah. because they have some reptilian like um
1: it's like super it's an attempt to at, like, like shield super soldier and creating a, a basically tapping into soldiers lizard brain they're, they're yeah they're very primal um fight and flight yeah. Instincts to turn them into better killers, and we, we covered it with was it Hazard? It was, was Hazard, the, right? And which and was the, the beautiful that, that Arrow was and Smith artwork, and, right?
0: And, and and that was it ended with um with Black Widow um thinking she uh, well she she knew that the, that the Hazard ended up pulling the gun and pulling the trigger himself. Yeah. but she was permanently damaged, thinking that she was responsible for yeah she's killing been Hazard by it. because um Black Widow belongs to this group. Mm -hmm. And anyway, so this particular issue is about another guy, and they actually, in the first few pages, they they end up, after we're introduced to him, um, they end up talking about Hazard, about how he didn't actually end up dying in that previous issue. Yeah, they Um, put
1: in a failsafe that meant that the brain kind of, if the brain ever got damaged, it created a protective seal around the area that was damaged. And his heart would shut down. Yeah, so that it would fake the death, so that they could get the body back and re- revive them.
0: Um, my, my whole point though about bringing that up is that yeah. this is kind of a weird issue and it's very odd and, and, and it's kind of it's the art works. It, it's put in the in the I mean, I don't know. It, I, I just feel like if 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 Keith Griffin would have been on a better Daredevil uh-huh. story <clears> hmm. that maybe it wouldn't have gotten as much slack on the artwork. I don't know.
1: I think he's I think one, I think his artwork works for this one. And uh-huh. two, I think I mean, people said they liked the story in the letters. I think it was just okay. such a stark difference from the, the artwork that's either side of it. Mm-hmm. Um what Hazard was a, a character that had, had this uh this process uh performed on him, this this whole thing to turn him into a better killer. And Black Widow had been sent to bring him in and it resulted in her thinking that she had killed him mm-hmm. in an aided suicide murder. Mm-hmm. Um and what we have here is there's another character that has been sent they 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 reclaimed the body, and then they sent this other guy to kill Black Widow to kind right. of tie up loose ends. This other guy is known as the Backward Man. And
0: the Backward Man, or has, backwards man. has so many screws loose. And kind of yeah. what his deal is is that what these scientists did, they ended up putting, um, finding and pinpointing specific memories in his brain yeah. and attaching some type of a wire yeah, to it. Yeah, they did
1: a, like a massive association of different colors to emotion, That they use to tap into a very, he had a very painful childhood, Mm -hmm. and they use that to tap into his emotional memories. Uh, to using, pull out that reptilian, um, to, yeah, to, to turn him into a better killer, right. Um, so what we have is this guy walking around in the sewers of uh, New York, where there's a bunch of crocodiles or alligators that live in down there. that have been flushed
0: down the toilet in an urban legend kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and that's he's just, and, and that's his first memory. The, the, what they do throughout yeah, mm-hmm. throughout the whole issue is they show you kind of the memory that leads to the action. Yeah, and and um, it also what does us is, to bounce from him it, to the the guys that perform the procedure. Right, on him. exactly, and. What Backwards Man does is he, he jiggles these wires because these wires are literally sticking out of his head. Yeah. And um, uh, the first one that they show us is when he was a little kid, um, he had a little pet lizard. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And the lizard got flushed down the toilet, right? Or yeah. was it? I don't know if it was an actual alligator or it crocodile. Might, yeah. The, the, the mother is saying uh, this thing will grow up and be a. It's it's cute. Oh, it now, actually, she it, calls it a little croc. Yeah. Um, so she flushes it down the toilet. And that was the first event or at least the first one that this this secret weird doctor guy could find in him yeah um and that he wants to exploit so, they give him the blue wire for that one. Yeah. And then that's actually intercut with Backwards Man in the sewers looking for Black Widow and has a run in with an actual crocodile, yeah. which is what makes the memory kind of trigger. And then yeah. we have the whole sequence where we learn about, um, which me and Jamie already mentioned, where we learn about Hazard Man and his body is literally like laying on a table. Yeah. And his head is like not even really there and it's just a brain.
1: It's just a brain. His head has been blown off by the, the gun wound and mm-hmm. it, there's wire sticking in his brain. And- the doctor is explaining how they created this false memory of the death, so that they can use that to tap mm-hmm. into the emotional memory thing. So they replay the red memory, which is the uh, the the moment that he's uh, uh, he was shot, and uh, they're going to use that to make him angry. And uh, but they never really go back to Hazard. Um, mm-hmm. We then cut to uh, Matt is sitting in his. I mean, this is the weird part because it kind of jumps around because at the moment he should be living in the warehouse with um, Karen, but he's just sitting in an apartment in a nice chair and uh, in the dark just thinking. And then he hears someone tiptoeing in and talks about how this person's really, they think that they're really highly trained, but I can sense all of this. So Anna does a great thing where rather than just doing the caption that says blinded as a child when... Given heightened senses, he'll always think of something or he'll mention like, "Ah, oh, the smell of toast." I, I can smell toast from a mile away because I know this. And so, this one is he hears <clears throat> someone creeping into the the house, and it's Natasha. It's um, Black Widow, and, and she's
0: she's just trashed up her, her yeah. outfit is completely ripped to smithereens, mm-hmm. and um, we find out that uh, she's. Um, she's found out this information about that. There's another reptile, i. e., backwards, man, backwards man is coming for her. Right. And and at this, this is kind of interesting because Matt at this point is back with Karen and he's happy Mm -hmm. and everything. And so he, he kind of, rather than the, the flirting type of like relationship that he kind of has off and on, he kind of now, and I don't know if this has to do anything with the fact that he's happy with Karen at the moment, he kind of turns into like a father figure for black widow and, and, and uh, obviously he can tell that she's distraught about the whole hazard thing because it gets brought up in the conversation. But throughout the rest of this issue, it's it's Matt telling Black Widow, look, you need to get over what this this stuff in your head about hazard. It's mm-hmm. not your fault, and me and you together, we're going to make you figure that out, and you're going to figure out how to be... Sane again and not be stressed out and worried about this thing that it was not even your fault to begin with. And yeah. I'm going to help you fix it. And throughout the whole issue, like that's literally what it is, is where Matt's like giving her advice saying, Well, when I had this bad thing happen when I was younger mm-hmm. with my father, you know, it led to this, it led to that. And I was able to overcome it and I was able to use it to move forward. And in the whole time, Black Widow was very. She doesn't want to actually take that.
1: Yeah, she's saying that the memory of what happened to a Hazard is affecting how she performs as, as a soldier and as a, uh, a spy and, and, and a hero. Mm-hmm. And she's saying, you know, I don't want that life anymore. And Matt mentions, it's, it's, it's a really nice moment where he says, you know, as a blind man, I don't have many memories of, of visual things. Mm-hmm. But one thing I really do, I, I lean into all of them, even the bad ones. The bad ones mean a lot to me because they are my visual memories. They are the things that I remember from before I was blinded. One of the things I remember, um, which really got in the way of me, was that I saw my dad fight, mm-hmm. and uh, he got mad at me. I, I remember he was, he was losing a fight, he was hanging on the ropes, he was bleeding, and then he got up and won the fight, and I jumped up and cheered, and he mm-hmm. said that I was not supposed to beat her and got really angry at me, and for years that stopped me from wanting to be a fighter until I overcame that. And rather than... Uh, repress that memory or reject it, I lent into it and it, it helped me move forward. And you've got to hold on to the bad memories as well as the good ones, which is what a lot of this story is about,
0: is a how to overcome mm-hmm. those bad memories. And, and uh, one thing that I thought was a little bit um, <coughs> odd was Anne kind of take on Matt's childhood because uh-huh. she kind of shifted it a little bit because uh, in one panel... Uh, Matt talks about how his father kept hitting him. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. he told me, I don't want you to be a fighter.
1: Um, Which is something that didn't come up until the uh, Man Without Fear miniseries, I believe. I think that was the first time they talked about, or maybe Frank Miller had had
0: dropped it in or implied it that that his dad had lashed out and hit him. But but she said, he he keeps keeps hitting me. And that, to me, kind of tarnishes a little bit of Jack. Because Jack Murdoch was far from perfect. And he's not really necessarily a good father figure if you think about him as a whole. But having him actually kind of hitting his kid when he's angry at him, I just, it kind of took... I never liked that I didn't like it either. It kind of took him down this path that I I didn't really want him to go.
1: Yeah. There's a story, and I can't remember when it comes up. It might be in the regular series or it might be in one of the the minis. But the story is that Matt remembers uh, Jack hitting Maggie, hitting his mother when he was a kid and it comes out that she was going through postpartum um or post postnatal uh depression mm-hmm. and was getting was starting to show signs of being violent towards him as a child and and uh, he was defending Matt there's like a, I, I'll have to find out when it was it might have been with Mark Wade stuff but <laughs> it's 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 weird how a lot of Matt's memories about his dad have shifted and right like how different writers feel the need to throw in that's this. this.
0: And that's real. And that's really the editor's job to make sure that that everything stays intact. Yeah. And, and if something changes, it probably has to get full approval from all departments because, mm-hmm. like, you can't expect like Anna probably did not read Daredevil issues one through two hundred plus before she started writing it. I'm sure she was familiar with Daredevil and probably read a lot of it. Yeah. But she doesn't know the complete history of um of his whole life because, you know, she's not doing a podcast about it, but but I'm sure she read some, so it's the editor's job who should, you know, he or she should know everything about Daredevil's character, and I would think that when that got brought up and they read it, they would be like, hey, you know, hold on a second. Like, mm. um, that's kind of a little bit strong. You know, we don't want Jack to go off that way, because that completely changes everything about him. Yeah. Well, anyway, so kind of um, that kind of goes over a little bit about, about the first part of the comic, and then um, Daredevil, of course, as I mentioned, agrees to help Black Widow. But then the next thing is we cut back across town to um, backwards, backwards man. man, who is still looking for Black Widow, yeah. and he has another memory, which kind of gets started up while he's in a laundromat. Yeah, and the the memory
1: is the white memory. The white memory is one of the strongest memories we learn, and mm-hmm. it's uh, him and his uh, sweetheart when he's younger, <clears throat> and he has a. It's a very weird relationship. It's very dependent and very broken, and they are standing, he's he's basically saying, um, I need you to give me everything, and she's like, I, I can't give you everything, I can't, I don't want to talk about this, and then he stands on the edge of a cliff and says, I'm going to throw myself off, and uh, if you if you really love me, you'll stop me, you'll hold me out, and she doesn't, he, he falls, and uh, we cut back to the doctor who says, this is the best memory yet, this is the one that we can Gosh. use to to really turn him into a killer he quickly remembers another quick one which is a a yellow memory which is a girl that asked him to kiss him in elementary school or something and then laughed and made fun of him so that he felt ashamed and uh, we see him kind of losing a little bit of touch with reality first in the laundromat with white memory he sees a woman that reminds him of that and he Uh, She asks if he's okay, and he grabs a white dress that she has that reminded him of the Mm -hmm. white wire and runs off with it. And the yellow memory, he sees a woman in a florist's that reminded him of Susie, the girl that kissed him. And he gets kind of angry until he's told to get out. Um, We cut to um, Daredevil and Black Widow who are following the
0: scent of the backwards man somehow Daredevil. Right with um, the senses, yeah, which I he, actually kind of like. I always like when he uses his nose a little bit more. Yeah. But uh, one thing I wanted to point that was neat here is that, um, as I mentioned before, um, Black Widow's outfit was completely torn to trash. Yeah. So she puts on a Daredevil shirt and he it has gives him a spare, it, but it has only one D. It's on the it. old the spare, yeah. Right. I thought that was so cool, and <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if it was meant. Here is the thing: it's a it's a long sleeve shirt, and his old uniform, the the sleeves were yellow. Yeah, so it's it's not like I guess a direct take from his old one, but I'm just curious like whose decision it was to give it one D, and I thought that was pretty neat.
1: Yeah,
0: um, I, I like it last. Yeah, aspect. you so, can have
1: my spare, but not my actual spare.
0: <laughs> right. So anyway, so they are in the uh, in the sewer, and they run into a real crocodile. They get into a little fight, and mm-hmm. this whole time while it's happening, once again, like oh. I said, Daredevil is just. He's trying to tell Black Widow, look, this is your fight. We're yeah. going to find Backwards Man and I'm going to back off. I'm going to get you there, but then it's all going to be you. Yeah, and, and this ulti- is
1: where he really remembers the the, the fight uh, the, the fight with his dad. With his dad, dad yeah. You and you're not supposed to be here. And that's where he talks about leaning into the bad memories as well as the good ones.
0: So after they um, pole vault over the... Um, yeah, some uh, nice artwork. Yes. Yeah, nice, uh, after they pole vault over the Crocs, they end up finding the Backwards Man. Uh-huh. and And that's exactly what happens. Daredevil's like, all right, Hurry up. Do your thing, uh, yeah. Black Widow. Go Dead ahead Devil and... Daredevil uh, jumps in and starts fighting the
1: backwards man first. And he's basically saying, look, I'm just starting this until yeah. you're ready, to, you're take ready over, to take over. You need to over. come in and finish this, okay? She gets... Uh, while she's climbing up to... to <coughs> Excuse me. To um, to join the fight, uh, a croc gets either a nip or a slash on her leg. Um, I don't think it bit her because it would drag her down into the water. and mm-hmm. might have just scraped her. Um, and she's hurt, but... He's saying, look, you're just using that. And she she grabs the white dress that he stole from the laundromat, makes a quick um, uh, bandage, tourniquet, and is just saying, look, I'm I'm just, I'm not quite ready. I'm not quite ready. And Matt's fighting, Daredevil's fighting, and he's saying, this guy's fighting style is very erratic. It's very primal. It's very hard to defend against because he's not really feeling pain, which is what the whole program is about, is to design Mm -hmm. these fighters who are just like raw animal- Aggression and he's saying, I'm having a really tough time with this, but you know, I can avoid him, I can get hits in. I'm just worried how cold blooded he seems to be. And he keeps saying, Come on, uh, Natasha, widow, you have to come in here. Um, she has a gun, she pulls out the gun and points it at the backwards man, and is uh, her hand is shaking a little bit, and she's saying, I don't want to hurt you. And he's uh, and she's sort of saying, Look, we're, we've both been treated this this bad... What's happened to us is is like the the crime here. Neither of us is to blame for this. We've been treated by people above us that have turned us into these things. And
0: then the two things that kind of happen here, the first one being is that, you know, Black Widow is in the same situation (laughs) that she was in with Hazard where there's a gun in her hand and you know, we're trying to, or there's a gun involved. And, and, uh, so she's kind of seeing the exact same thing kind of play in her head. And then, um, backwards man is, is once again, having these memories pop up and, and how black widow ends up, I guess, you know, conquering her hazard, um, whatever you want to call it, crutch. Yeah. And how she also helps backwards man is, um, uh, at the edge of this, or, or, um, he's not really on a cliff, but backwards man is kind of going through the memories and he feels like he is on the back of a cliff yeah. and he's falling off again, which is that same memory he had earlier. Yeah. The white and, memory. But this time, instead of being let to fall, black widow reaches out and, and catches him. Once again, he's not really falling on his head, but he catch she catches him. And then he's like, wow, you helped me. And, uh, the, you really love me. He's kind of going cuckoo, yeah. And uh, and she's like, yes, yes, I do. And and anyway, so that's kind of how it ends. And, yeah. and th- this issue had some cool parts in it, but I think as a whole, the reason why it wasn't one of my favorites of Andisanti is the fact that I didn't like that turn with 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 jack murdoch yeah jack murdoch it kind of really bothered me and also too matt as a father figure sure i get it you know like it's going to happen later on too but you know especially with the wild wild boys boys. (laughs) and, and everything but i just kind of felt like bringing black widow in and then kind of forcing her to fight and doing these things it just didn't really seem as much like matt yeah, You know, it seemed just a little bit foreign. Um,
1: it felt like a very rushed issue. There's not much that yeah. really happens except for that, the, the Jack Murdoch
0: thing, which feels like a, a misstep. Um, um, so the next two issues that we're going to go over, 248 and 249, <coughs> I, I kind of want to mention a little bit about it. I This is the first time that I have ever read them. Huh. And, and uh, oh, my goodness, I really, really enjoyed these two issues mm-hmm. a lot. And... Um, uh, it's uh, it get They both guest star Wolverine. Wolverine pretty much just kind of has a cameo in the first one, um, but plays a major role in the second one. But um, they both feature artwork by... Um, Rick Leonardi. Yeah, Rick Leonardi. <clears throat> and I really like Rick Leonardi. Yeah. I like what he does with figures, with backgrounds, with everything. And especially, like, there is so much... Um, uh, tension in battles Mm -hmm. when he draws battle sequences and when and when he just draws characters in general you you, you like if a character is stressed out he can make them look like they're stressed out yeah like crazy his artwork style um it's kind of a little bit similar to um um scott mcdaniel yeah and uh, scott mcdaniel did nightwing for a really long time and um, that's kind of how I know him from. And the only difference between them is that I think uh, uh, Leonardi's is a little bit less abstract where um, the people look a little bit like, you know, the proportions of their muscles and uh-huh. and body lengths are kind of more accurate um, versus Scott McDaniel, who kind of draws characters in more of a, I don't know, like a less anatomically correct <laughs> position, um, but both very good artists in their own right. But yeah. I just... I I. I I didn't know much about uh, Rick Leonardi, so I was... I was um, uh, reading about him, and then I remembered when when I got it that he's kind of most known for Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed uh, yeah. twenty ninety nine and and uh, back when I you know when when I read those and I the reason I enjoyed it from the the, the get go was the trading cards. Oh yeah, because I I, I had a Spider Man twenty ninety nine trading card and I thought he looked so cool. <clears> so <throat> I read some of the comics and stuff, and you know I did I you know when I was younger I wasn't I didn't really even care to look who the artist was. You know <laughs> yeah. when I was younger I was just reading it you know for the good art and everything, but mm-hmm. Uh, So that automatically kind of took me back to that, which was cool. And he's also done a lot of other things. Um, But uh, so anyway, so he does these two issues. Yeah. And And Al Williamson does the inking as well, I think. uh, No, uh, you know, you're right. Yes. Yeah. Al Williamson does Mm -hmm. the inking. Um, But uh, it's a very fun little story. Yeah. And and I'm excited to talk about it.
1: Yeah. And uh, I think Wolverine, the last time we saw Wolverine was the Uh, story. Japan. Japan, yeah.
0: They were were chasing uh, Bullseye. Yeah. Uh Well Wolverine was. He was chasing Bullseye. And that was all artwork by um uh oh the guy that we both really liked to did just <laughs> what was his name? I'm blanking on his name. Only, Johnson. Yeah, Johnson, yeah. <clears throat> and uh so that's pretty cool that both Wolverine stories, at least in my perspective, I don't know. I I'm the only one who's talked about uh Leonardi right now, but I yeah. enjoyed it. So Yeah, no, it's uh, it's
1: and it's also nice that the the, the relationship between them is very much continued oh, in this where I know <clears throat> it's there's so like a, cool. a bit of friction between them. They don't really like each other cause they're, they're they come at the same problem from different directions.
0: And the does a really good job of writing X-Men. Yeah. She's really good. And, and, and she was the editor on um, uh-huh. was it X factor for a long time. I or? think I'm not sure, but some, one of the X books, but yeah. um, in the next issue, especially once we get to that one, I'll talk about the first three pages a lot. Cause I really like those, but um um jumping right into to two forty eight yeah um and 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 for um i don't know I I can't remember when it started, but uh Daredevil had a run in with the wild boys, yeah-
1: mm-hmm.
0: Oh, the fat boys, they were the mm-hmm. fat boys earlier, right, yeah, and now they're the wild boys, yeah, they changed the name yeah at some sort, at some point um and it's a group of kids that are um they they don't they don't they're not homeless. I mean, some of them might be, but they're just kind of like. Different broken homes. Yeah. A lot of them are from like troubled parents. Yeah, and... they're, they're little troublemakers and stuff. And yeah, Daredevil. There's still Fat
1: Boys in this one. I okay. Think the Wild Boys comes later. But.
0: And they end up uh, taking. He kind of takes on like a father figure role to these guys. Mm-hmm. And his relationship with these kids is really fun. Yeah. And in this issue, it actually kind of starts out with them on a race they're kind of chasing him and daredevil's actually happy and he's kind of swinging around and yeah everything. they're
1: chasing him on oh they're on skateboards, they're on skateboards
0: and he's going through the air and it's just a it's a very fun little sequence because for such a long time we didn't have any moments where daredevil was actually happy you know we didn't have like any any moments so mm-hmm. now it's kind of nice whenever the, the riders can actually throw some yeah. kind, of, kind of happier moments <laughs> in there um, they, you know, they pet a horse and everything. It's, it's just a cute little sequence. Yeah, And it ends with Matt going and seeing Karen because they have a meeting. And he kisses her. He's he's happy. Yeah. And he's in love. But that all changes on the next page when Karen kind of goes behind Matt's back and sets up this lawyering
1: service. It's a free advice clinic uh, and f- drug yes. drug support line right which she's she's basically uh rented a garage space yes or an old uh, garage space and turned it into this free clinic and she says you know it's important that you have both sides of of you working it's great that you <laughs> i'm i'm fine with you being daredevil and i absolutely love everything about it and you know i'm not scared of the idea now it, it's I, I can't remember if it's an issue or the next one where she says about the fists i'm fine with you using your fists because i know that's a part of it now
0: mm-hmm. but I think you're missing.
1: Yeah. And I think you're missing the the legal side of it. And he he
0: reacts badly at first. Exactly. And I kind of really like that he did because uh, for those of you who don't, um, who who are just jumping on and this is your first podcast with us or don't don't remember, um, Matt Murdoch is no longer a lawyer. He lost his license thanks to the kingpin. That all happened in Born Again. But after that, uh, he ended up getting a job as a fryer or cook. Yeah. And, uh, he kind of went into a simpler lifestyle yeah, and he's actually really enjoying himself. So Karen coming in and opening up this free clinic and drug hotline is kind of giving um, him a gut wrench or, 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 or a punch to the gut because yeah. yeah, maybe it's for, it's good. Maybe it's something that he could be good at. He doesn't think he's ready for he's it. He's not ready for it. Yeah. And not just that, Jamie, he doesn't want to do it. Yeah, You know, I think daredevil, after all the good that he's done, if he wants to just flip burgers, let him flip burgers. There, no, I'm saying there's nothing wrong with that, you know, yeah, it's um, kind
1: of a, it's a great sequence when mm-hmm. you, when you see the shift, they walk into this, uh, this space and the phone's already ringing and um, uh, Karen answers and goes through some stuff and is talking about a landlord problem. And um, she goes to hand the phone to to Matt. There's like a three panel sequence where he's standing there. She has the phone to him. He looks at the phone and then just hangs up. And the body language
0: I is know. so good. The drawing the, yeah. the, the yeah, smile, is so it, good. You can tell, like I said, you can with, with uh, Leonardo, you can tell what these characters are feeling yeah. through their body expressions yeah.
1: really, really well. And Matt says, I'm going to solve this problem as Daredevil. I, I don't need Matt Murdock lawyering. Mm-hmm. I can do it as Daredevil. When he goes down and he finds the landlord that's basically shutting off water and heating in this apartment because he wants to kick the tenants out so he can hike up the rent. Right. and uh, which, by, a-
0: which, by the way, is completely legal.
1: Still going on?
0: No, but I, but I meant it's legal. No, I'm saying in the sense that Daredevil as a lawyer. Can't do anything about it because well, no,
1: he finds out later he can. Well, There's he, certain things that the guy's he, been doing, but right,
0: but but what? But at first glance, yeah, what this landlord is doing, he's just being kind of messed up. He's and saying morally, it's within
1: his rights. He doesn't it, say it's legal. He says it's within my rights to do this to get more money. But right, it's, and it, it,
0: and it is within his rights to yeah. do that. I just bring that up because Daredevil in the very first situation after he just tells Karen, like, look, I'm not like I'm not ready for this lawyer yeah. or more importantly. I can solve problems with just Daredevil. I don't yeah. have to do lawyering. Now he's entering a case where he sees a guy bullying another person. He wants to step in yeah. and protect the guy. And and at the same time, realize that, you know, look, if I was a lawyer right now, I couldn't do anything for this guy. Yeah. He, would be, he would be kicked out. But as Daredevil, I can do something for him. But then he also, what happens is
1: that the guy, the landlord says, you've got this guy down to try and intimidate me, mm-hmm. um, which is illegal. Uh-huh. I'm not going to fall for it. And Daredevil realizes. He bounces away and says, actually, I can't solve everything. as Daredevil.
0: I know. <laughs> my whole point of what I wanted to say, Jamie, was it happened so quickly yeah. that there's this little turn because the guy that Daredevil is saving, and this is not the first time this has happened, the guy that Daredevil is saving, basically after he's saved, says, oh, yeah. like, I didn't want your help. Like, yeah. you know, stay away from me. You you you, you make it so there's people like yeah, this. Yeah, he says,
1: you and your fists are no help, Daredevil. Right. I won't fight... So, so Now, do, but I will find a lawyer who will. So, so he goes and stands on uh, the George Washington Bridge
0: and just thinks about... Yeah, he reflects. Mm-hmm. And, and then what happens next is something that's going to play effect for the next, like, ten issues. Yeah, he for meets a, a character, really long which time.
1: I, I really like this character. Oh, I, did I wish too. they had uh, done more with him, but what they do do you with know, him, I a, really enjoy. At least, enjoy. you know,
0: he has a lot of appearances. He's yeah. a little boy. His name is, is it Tyrone? Tyrone yep. Ross. Mm-hmm. His name is Tyrone, and it's this little boy who's playing with some sail, sh- um, some sail ships inside of a pond. And he's built a beautiful sailboat, and it's the first time he's putting it
1: out into a pond in the park. He's uh, um, uh, Matt says, you know, I might as well walk over the bridge into New Jersey and walk along and think. And he's walking along, and he sees, sees in quotations, uh, Tyrone, and he says, that's a beautiful sailboat. He says, yeah, this is a maiden voyage. I'm just going to put it out, and he sends it out into the, the park, river the mm-hmm. pond mm-hmm. i guess it's the river um and it tilts and falls over on its side and Tyrone says oh that's a shame you know it's not on her first voyage i've got to go out and get her back up and uh matt says isn't the water a little too dirty to go in?" he says no the whole planet's made of dirt dirt can't hurt you <laughs> i so, love that line yeah I,
0: and, and especially coming from a kid yeah that's perfect
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> so Tyrone goes in and this this there is uh it's eight panels across the bottom half of the page which is beautiful which is Matt just thinking watching and he sees Tyrone uh we see him in real vision and then go into the radar vision and we says you know this kid's smart he's dropping under the water to go up into the boat to lift it up and that way um he doesn't damage the boat or doesn't get caught in the, the water and then He's, uh, he senses something else. He senses a, a strange sound and some gurgling and a chemical smell, a rush of liquid. And we see this red chemical through his radar sense wash over Tyrone. And uh, he comes, he bursts back out of the water screaming about his eyes. Uh, Matt dives in, grabs him, and runs. And as he's running, he sees a truck pouring toxic waste into the, the river. And says, you know, I've got to. I should do something about it, but it's more important that I help Tyrone out, and um, I better get him to a hospital. We mm-hmm. quickly cut over to
0: Foggy, who we haven't Foggy seen for a really long time. Foggerson Nelsons, and and Foggy is with his Fogwell. new squeeze, which is Matt's old squeeze, which is Foggy's old squeeze's niece. Yeah. <laughs> so if you guys all follow he's that, niece. Uh, it's a which a, makes g- him his niece. Her niece. He's niece. Well, but by marriage. But they're no longer to I don't, anyways. <laughs> so, what we find out here is. Gloriana, anyway. Gloriana. Is, is that Foggy has taken a job working for the money, working yep. for the big corporations, and he's set to defend, well, I guess just represent a. What is the Kelco. Kelco, but what what, mm-hmm. what are they? No, chemical. Plum. Yeah, chemical, chemical plant. company. And Gloriana is like saying, uh, you know, is that something you sure you want to do? And Foggy gives the whole look, everyone needs to get representation yeah. on both sides. It's the proper lawyering thing to do. It is not our decision to decide who's, if yeah. you know. In I've been center. hired as a lawyer and I yeah. have to I defend have to my, my client as best I can. And then we find out in a quick little two panel um, King- First time we've seen him for a while. Yeah, Kingpin makes a little appearance with uh, <coughs> with his, uh, what's his, his sidekick or his... Wesley uh, is uh, it? Uh, yeah, I think I it's, Wesley. it's Wesley. That's what it's on the TV show. We'll just mm-hmm. say Wesley. So um, <laughs> uh, Kingpin makes a little um, uh, appearance, and we find out that uh, he is kind of controlling Kelco. Yeah. Going from there. Uh,
1: and he's basically, he is once again obsessing over, um, it's the Hudson River. I didn't realize it was the Hudson mm. River. Um, he's once again obsessing over Matt Matt Murdock, Murdock, yeah. yeah. And he basically says, I'm getting Franklin Nelson to represent Kelko on this case to try and get
0: Matt Murdock to come out of hiding
1: because I
0: want to find him and I want to drive him mad with this stuff. So Daredevil goes and and starts to investigate Kelko because of that truck, as Jamie mentioned, that he saw earlier. And there's just some great... Leonardo draws great hands. Oh my gosh. He draws (laughs) great hands and draws great eyes and and such great facial expressions. And what's cool is, is that uh, we've got um, two pages of Daredevil doing detective work. And anytime yeah. he does detective work, I love it. At one point, he takes off his glove so he can feel the ingredients uh, that are inside the cans. He's looking at what chemicals are inside the chemistry to try exactly. and link it back to and, the truck dumping in the river. And as this is going on, Daredevil continues to get more and more intense, and then he ends up hitting and, and breaking, um, I guess, just some glass or something, because as he's um, um, digging and stuff, he's realizing that boy is going to be Blind, and I'm gonna need the law to do anything because, uh, that's just like I. What, how can I yeah. do anything? Is Daredevil can't for this? He's
1: eyesight back in. I, I, I can't exactly. help him financially. So I need things. the law. Um, so
0: quickly, um, Matt is deciding. Well, maybe Karen is right. Maybe she has something to do with this. So, anyways, at the end of that sequence, um, a robot shows Little up. Little
1: security droid comes in. Yeah, and, and, and uh,
0: Daredevil easily takes down yeah, this robot. This thing
1: squirts him with tear gas, and he just laughs yeah. and says, "You can't." You can't blind a stupid blind man robot. You
0: can't blind a blind and man. Smashes it with its own arm, yeah. which is kind of funny because the the cover of this issue is is Daredevil fighting this exact same robot, yeah. and it only makes this really small little appearance. Um, but you know you would never know that from the cover. So that's kind of one of those little yeah. cover uh, little tricks or whatever, a little misleading. So anyway, so the next day, yeah. Um, in this the is next, a sad moment. Oh it's my gosh, a- this is so sad. Go ahead, Jimmy. Sorry.
1: Um so at the police station, um it doesn't say if it's Bucko, but it's uh, oh it's there's there's uh, it's Detective Crockett, which is a nice little uh, yeah. Miami Vice reference. Um, <laughs> so Matt's there with Tyrone and Tyrone's father and he's basically saying, you know, uh telling them what happened. I I saw the whole thing, the sailboat he went in, and then we saw a truck dump in and uh the police are like, yep, this sounds like a pretty open and shut case. These guys were illegally dumping into the Hudson River and it affected this kid and, uh, you know, it's going to be great. We've got evidence. And one of the detectives suddenly says, one more question, Mr. Murdoch, I want you to tell me, is this the site of the crime and holds up a photograph? And Matt stumbles and, and stutters and the detective goes, hang on a second, are you blind? And he says, yes, I am. And he says, well, how the hell did you see what happened? Then? Yeah. And they basically, like, say, you've just ruined the whole case. Uh, There's nothing we can do. This has got no hope. Tyron's father gets angry and Tyron gets really upset and says, you can't be blind. You told me that you liked my sailboat. You were talking about how beautiful my sailboat was. You were there. Tell him, tell him you're just, I don't understand why you're lying about being blind. This doesn't make any sense. You got to help me. And, um, Matt basically just runs and leaves tyrone like a so i was a little bit sad here
0: that tyrone's dad like at one point calls matt a bum yeah he's like you bum you can't help us and
1: i was like tyrone's dad is is quite angry and yeah. we see a little more of it later on which when i
0: get because your son you know you're you're trying to do what's best for your son yeah. but at the same time this guy's been nothing but helpful for you so yeah anyways. um
1: anyways we are introduced to the
0: villain the, yes, another villain another of the villain who, who, and this
1: is the first appearance of this character and andescenti creates these kind of throwaway villains that are incredible
0: oh my gosh incredible so they're just yes. great
1: and i say throwaway because it just feels like it's just like ah eh, this is the guy
0: here you go here's another mm-hmm. character for you <coughs> this is bushwhacker oh yes and and for those of you who don't know <coughs> bushwhacker they never actually in this issue explain how he got he just mentions it was given to him by the CIA. Yeah, because he's not a mutant. Yeah. Right. That'd be, I don't. Think he's not he's, a mutant. Yeah. No, he's a mutant hunter. Yeah, I know and that, he,
1: there's a great moment where he said, "Someone says, How did you get that arm?'" And he says, "I was in the right country at the wrong time." Okay. <laughs> it's okay, like okay. a little.
0: So yeah, they were given. So so pretty much, I don't know if it's both of his arms or just his right arm. I, I can't remember. Just, his, just right. his right arm. I don't
1: think I've ever seen him with both going. But maybe um, his wrong.
0: right arm looks normal, uh-huh. but then at any point he can turn it into a gun. Yeah. And uh, it's almost like it melts and morphs into one yeah and uh he's able to shoot so it's it's a really big strong guy and his attitude is perfect yeah i mean just like the way that like the the screws in his head how they're turning like it's it's written so well he just wants to kill mutants yeah and and he's hired to kill mutants and he's got a list and and uh he finds the first mutant this is the first time we see him killing her and uh he he comes in he kicks the door and he's super big and strong and, you know, she's like, no, 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 don't. And she goes, why, why me? And he goes, uh, it's the hand of God, darling, your moment in the sun. And then he he just plows her down with yeah. bullets. It, it's insane. And then um, the next day, um, after he crosses off his list, or I guess this is later, he's in bed with his wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, his wife sees that he's kind of loading up an, an ammo, grabbing ammo. And they just had an intimate moment. They're in bed and everything. Uh, he's got these very animalistic type you know, kind of like saber tooth. Yeah. wasn't that uh, the, yeah the, the Andesenti Sabertooth yep. issue? Was that her? That yep. wrote that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was her first one, I yep. think. Um, it's kind of similar. About he's got these kind of like instincts that he, you know. Yeah, like, he has these needs as he, an he's, animal. That yeah, exactly. So he's using his wife just for the sexual aspect of it right now, uh-huh. and he, now he's ready to go. And she's like, "No, don't leave." And uh, he goes, "Hey, I married you, didn't I? You know, very like you know, like you know, you just you know, you, you be, do grateful. Your thing, be grateful, be <laughs> grateful, you do my thing." So uh, we find out through the dialogue that she that, that um, he's been on this violent tirade for a while now, and he's and, being paid to kill
1: mutants and, by someone.
0: And um, his wife is very upset about it, so something's going to happen with there in a yeah. moment. And then the next page, we've got our little cameo of uh, Wolverine, which looks so cool. The way yeah. he draws Wolverine is yeah. so awesome. It's
1: the classic tan. I say classic. I'm sure there's like a million classic Wolverine. It's
0: the yeah, the brown and yellow or yeah. brown and dark yellow. Um, tannish color but yeah so wolverine is at the same crime scene that mm-hmm. bushwhacker just left and we find out that wolverine has been hunting him for he's a been while tracking bushwhacker yeah and he knows Bushwhacker is killing mutants and he's always one step behind and i just i love the way yeah. that she even on just one page i love the way that Anasenti writes the dialogue that yeah. comes out of uh, wolverine's mouth like it's just it's so cool like just, yep. he just sounds like how wolverine should sound yeah yeah, it's that that smell of death.
1: It's always talking about how he's been involved in a lot of death, and he knows this is the this kind of death
0: is pointless to him. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. And he <laughs> says, you know, I'm going to track down Bushwhacker and I'm going to kill him. So this issue ends pretty much with Matt doing research on Kelco, trying to find Uh a loophole. And in doing so, he realizes that he needs to maybe, you know, open up to the lawyering aspect that Karen wanted. So he ends up returning back to the place. And he does something,
1: yeah. He he does something that he hasn't done in a while, which is he talks about the, the, the facade, leaning on the crutches. He says, you know, I've spent the last few months... Now, being a short order cook called Red and being just being happy, being Matt Murdock, not pretending to be blind, just getting on with it. He says, and I realize I've got to stop. He says, you know, he, he says, this is this is going to hurt. He puts the glasses back on, he gets the cane back out and walks out and says, you know, I have to pretend to be a blind man. I have to go back to this old who Matt Murdock was and walks in and says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to help. I'm going to help be a ghost lawyer. I'm going to help all these people defend themselves. And teach them how to do it and while this is going on we have the the final page
0: and the final page is when bushwhacker's wife comes in she finds this free clinic and is like hey i need your help who's a lawyer here everyone kind of points over towards daredevil or towards matt and he's like you got to help me my husband i'm so scared i think he's gone crazy something's going to horrible but this is a thing that you have to promise me i'm you know you got to make sure that the cops don't hurt him yeah. You cannot hurt my husband, and that is obviously bushwhacker. So that's going to lead us into the next issue.
1: Yeah, which Matt it, says I promise no one will hurt him, which leads
0: to yeah. Well, we already no, have been actually, told that someone wants to hurt. Actually, him. Matt does not promise that no one will hurt will hurt him. He says I will do my best to try to avoid somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just want to make it like Matt's not always wrong. You know, you can never promise that somebody won't get hurt. So anyway, he
1: actually said. I promise you, oh, yeah, I will do your best. I'll do my best. And I like that because, you know. Like an Arcala or like a Cub Scout. Yeah.
0: It's like the weatherman. If, if, yeah. the, if, the, we, if the weatherman or, or weatherwoman says that, you know, it's a 99% chance of rain, if it doesn't rain, it's okay. She, he or she was right. Yeah. Or is that 1%? So yeah. anyway, so this takes... Especially take- with 5G ruining all... Anyway, that's <laughs> yeah. a side.
1: This takes us to issue... Ooh, 249. 249.
0: And 249... Such a great
1: cover. I remember picking this oh. one up on the newsstands.
0: It's so good. It's a, it's a shot of... Uh, Wolverine and Daredevil mm-hmm. mid-battle with a big fire in the background. Yeah. I mean, that- this is
1: 1987 where Wolverine, Wolverine was basically king of the heap at Marvel. He was like the, the best, the most loved, the everyone loved Wolverine character from a period of like 1980-something. Did it Through start? To,
0: it started that early in '87.
1: Yeah, it was way before. That. I mean, I think he started. I mean, when he first appeared in the X Men, people were like, "Oh, this is cool." I, when I say first appeared, he first appeared in the Hulk. I know. Mm-hmm. Don't write in, please. <laughs> we know when he first appeared as an X Men in yeah. the X Men, even though it wasn't his first appearance. Yeah, um, people were like, "Oh, this is a cool character," and they wanted to kill him off originally. But um, the I think John Byrne really pushed to keep him around mm-hmm. and Chris Claremont kind of jumped on board. Once the Wolverine miniseries by Frank Miller hit, yeah. it was like this guy, this character is incredible and it, they, they did such a great job of keeping him in mystery and keeping him as like the the tough guy that has this shady past and doesn't want to talk about it and just get some of it, you know, the best he, the, there is at what he does. And it just, it, it didn't let off. It was like, I know there's kind of the joke of like he has to appear in every book, but he was so popular amongst yeah. readers for the longest time for like a, at least
0: he, st- he still is Yeah, I mean, almost a decade yeah, he, i think it's kind of become.
1: He, sadly he's become a bit of a joke now where it's like oh he likes beer and he's a bit goofy and you know oh there's old you man. know
0: what but at the same time though every version of him is super popular yeah. and and fans still love him i bet you if you go to if you ask uh you know a thousand people who their favorite x-men is I bet you 750 will easily say Wolverine, <laughs> at least three quarters of them. I mean, he is very, very popular today, which is so cool. Yeah. But this one thing I so want to say on this cover is just like, it, oh, it, cool. I know it is so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I mean, I've read, I've read a lot of X Men, but the majority of the X Men, like I read, you know, when X Men relaunched and you know Jim Lee did all those covers and Chris mm-hmm. Claremont and, and Jim Lee, so I read several of those those X Men issues. Yeah. Um, so I have that is kind of my first reading of Wolverine. Yeah. I didn't really read anything before that. Yeah. And then and then now I've read a lot of the more recent stuff. Uh, yeah. But so I I'm sure that Wolverine has always sounded like this and always <coughs> acted like this, but the way that Ann Asante writes Wolverine especially in these first 3 pages uh-huh. is absolutely it's it's amazing. It shows that Wolverine is smart. It shows his attitude. It's all kind of combined into one and I yeah. really I really encourage you. I mean, unfortunately for some weird reason, this issue is not yet on Marvel Unlimited.
1: Yeah, these two issues are just not but, involved for some yeah. reason, but they are they're worth tracking down. Yeah. And, I don't know why that is. I don't know why there's the gap. I don't know if it's because there's the, maybe they just see like the the John Romita Jr. as being at the start of the Anasentie age. So they've really but even the first that.
0: two John Romita Jr. issues are not on the. I know the it's so yet. weird. It is really weird. Yeah. But yeah. but and,
1: yeah, but the the, the way that Anasentie writes has this kind of almost like a it's like reading someone's dream diary almost where it's this like kind of very uh, the the prose is very kind of stream of consciousness sometimes you feel like you're just like the thought balloons are never that that stilted kind of Mm -hmm. like old comic style of like i've got to do this and then get to a to b to c it's very like lots of thoughts going through at once and how the emotions of the thoughts are affecting the character and it works really well because the the it's never ever going to be telling you something that the artist is already telling you so it is it's that it's the perfect comic thing which is like two different stories going right. on at the same time.
0: Right. And I'm not, not going to go into it too much over these first three pages no. but literally what happens is it's just that Wolverine is once again one step behind and he goes to the most recent Bushwhacker death scene, sees the mutant that he kills and it's just so cool because while Wolverine is in there he continues to get more and more frustrated and upset with what he's seeing. And he's realizing Bushwhacker is not just killing these mutants. He's destroying their world. He is using... He, he doesn't just go and, sh- and put a bullet in them and leave. He has to destroy everything that's important to them. Yeah. He has to make sure that they know what he's doing and he does it in a way that completely destroys their entire world. Yeah. And right, the guy that, this person that he kills is a musician and not only does he kill this musician because we should say this bushwhacker is going after not just mutants he's going after the talented top mutants. mutants yeah the really talented ones yeah, important not, ones not
1: those with the, he's going after mutants that, that appear human but have incredible gifts
0: right and and this guy's gift was music and yeah. so he does stuff like break the violin yeah. and, and rip and rip off like burn uh, some uh, of the, 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 the almost sheet, finished sheet, sheet music, music. Yeah. and when this guy ends up dying at the end with his violent D- death or like at the end he's trying to piece back together this piece so he can leave something behind before yeah. he dies it's just a really sad moment and the way that it affects Wolverine is so brilliantly written and drawn here and at the end of the three pages the last page is a splash page which is just a dynamic splash which is awesome because we don't see too many splashes anymore no. especially not on pa- if they're not on page one and so in this splash page it's Wolverine like just screaming because it just makes him so angry yeah. and his claws you know they sneak out and he's just like screaming and he goes I'm gonna kill him I'm gonna kill Bushwhacker. and I'm gonna do it my way yeah it's great
1: yeah he, he's thinking at one point this is kind of uh, funny where he's like uh Going over what you just said, Bush, Bushwhacker doesn't just kill mutants, it's as if he is in Stalin's Russia or Mao's China. Bushwhacker kills the most talented and creative mutants. He's killing our geniuses. Yeah. And this is the that wolverine's genius is going to be him killing him that's what Mm -hmm. he's basically decided i'm Mm going to come for you um we cut to the legal aid and and drug hotline room and matt looks so suave it's so the way that (laughs) leonardi draws him in this outfit is just like damn he's handsome (laughs) he looks great and he's kind of you know he's doing the thing where he's helping someone he's working with um um uh, Bushwacker's wife at this moment, I think, isn't he?
0: Yeah, her hair color changed.
1: It changed. Yeah, it's really hard to 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 uh, register that at first. But here's the yeah. wife because we know it's the wife because at some point she uh, Matt's walking out. He gives Karen a, a cute kiss, and then he walks her out and says, "Look, I'm going to do everything I can to help your husband. I'm going to bring him in. I'm going to make sure everything's fine." And sh- he's back to doing the blind act, and it- while she's watching him, she's like, "This guy's helpless. This guy." Mm-hmm. Needs a cane to walk. He needs
0: help. He can't do this. How's he going to help? And she just runs off. Two things, though. Once again, she points out. Make sure nobody hurts my husband. And the second yeah. thing is that moment that, that it's a really nice moment that Matt and Karen share because yeah. we can tell that Matt is now back in his element mm-hmm. and his whole life is kind of coming, you know, full circle. And he's he's figuring out that like I can be happy with Karen, I can be Daredevil, I can be yeah. the lawyering. So he's actually his shoulders are held high, his you know his postures changed, he so handsome, he, very handsome, <laughs> so, such a good looking man. Yeah. And, um, but um, at the end of it, we realize that or at the end of this little sequence here, we realize that Matt is using his, he's kind of manipulating her to give him the information so that way he can act as daredevil to go stop him. He needs the location. I'm not going to actually tell the cops. She doesn't know that, but like I'm using it so that way I know where he is so I can go stop him as daredevil. Yeah. He mentions
1: that he's going to be at a movie theater on 8th and Mm 48th that she overheard on the phone.
0: Oh, and then bushwhacker here, man. So so Daredevil takes off the glasses, yeah. you know, we see the DD on his chest, a great panel. Yeah. Bushwhacker's waiting for his next person to come out. She's an artist. We don't uh-huh. know what, I I guess a painter or something. and Bushwhacker's waiting on a motorcycle. and the way that Bushwhacker acts with her is crazy. The yeah. fact that she goes along with it, it's insane to me are people really like this?
1: Well, Bushwick is like this and she's like this. Um, what happens is he basically just says, he says, hey, your artwork um, I've heard about. It. And she's like, I don't care about Do any. Who are you? Why are you talking to me? I don't need this art institute. They told me I'm, I'm, I'm way better than all of them. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm going to blow your mind. Um, I'm going to blow your brains out. And, and uh, he
0: takes her and throws her on the back of the. He says, "Come uh, with me.
1: I'm going to show you something." On the
0: motorcycle, and she's like, Oh well, I shouldn't be doing this, but okay, this sounds kind of fun." Yeah, it's just crazy to me that somebody would actually do that. But anyways, that's that's a story for another day. But yeah, but so Bushwhacker takes her and shows her the excitement. Yeah, he and drives like- up onto a, a on ramp, I guess, on a freeway or a, a, I don't know what it is. In I don't know. New York works, but... See, what, he, what he's doing is he's... Te- Bushwacker is telling this lady, you touch people with your art. Yeah. Let me show you how I touch people. I touch people with with uh, my hand, you know. Yeah. Uh, I reach out and I want to touch someone and watch this and he starts he creates a collision by shooting out a tire and then they collide and he's like see they can't see it coming it's going to be a slow wreck and she's getting yeah. all nervous watching and then the car wrecks and he goes like war like women car wrecks you see it coming you can't stop it everything buckles and crumples and melts into one and he's forming art for her so what he's doing is is like he's showing this artist this is my art see how we're the same yeah and then they make out in front of the big explosion. That he, he throws causes. a
1: grenade into the yeah. cause.
0: <laughs> and they make out. And then after they make out, she's like, this is fantastic. I don't understand. How am I so, you know, you, you're right. Like, this is so cool. Why can't I look away? They start making out. And then literally Bushwhacker just shoots her in the head. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. It's yeah. so cool, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, We cut to him in the movie theater where he's hanging out to wait for his next job and he's watching some Looney Tunes, which is kind of funny because that's a uh, DC... Mm -hmm. I guess Warner Brothers didn't own DC at this point. Or maybe they did. I've never...
0: Oh, I don't know. Yeah.
1: But yeah, he's watching Daffy and and, uh, Bugs go at it. He's laughing and um, Wolverine has kind of tracked him to this place. Mm -hmm. And there's this great sequence where Wolverine's kind of closing in on him. Daredevil's above watching... And he's, uh, he, he mentions like they've both got their nervous tics. They're both killers. And Bushwhacker's kind of juggling bullets in his hand, clinking the bullets. And uh, Wolverine is popping his claws in and out, in and out, while he's kind of creeping up on him. <coughs> and then uh, Bushwhacker gets up to leave. They move outside. Bushwhacker it, sees a, 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 a homeless guy.
0: Daredevil's watching all of this. Yeah. And I want to point out that Daredevil recognizes Wolverine and is like, oh my goodness, it's Wolverine. And, uh, you know, he's creeping up on Bushwalker. Um, uh, it's just, it's funny that Daredevil did not choose to stop it at this point. Yeah. He can tell what Wolverine's doing. He's just watching the whole thing, which just is kind watching. of interesting. Yeah. But the thing that kind of surprised me a little bit is, you know, Wolverine knows Daredevil's there. Yeah. Because of, of he his can him, yeah. He can smell him. He can smell him. So I kind of wish there would have been a little bit of a moment here in the theater yeah. where Wolverine made some type of a like a little nod, a little answer. nod that, that daredevil was up there anyway. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, Bushwecker walks outside of the, the theater, sees a homeless guy who is a uh, drunk and has just managed to buy a bottle of gin. I'm talking about how it's going to be his, his way to get to heaven. Um, Bushwecker shoots, <coughs> excuse me, shoots the bottle of gin, uh, smashing it and just laughs and says, uh, that's funny to me because you're going to be smelling that gin for uh, weeks. It's gone, but you can still smell it. And uh, the man says, why did you do that? And he says, eh, you know, I don't know. Just wanted to do something. <laughs> we see Wolverine's shadow creeping up at this point. Wolverine jumps out and uh, gr- uh, grabs Bushwhacker, throws him to the ground and says, you're dead meat. Then just as he's about to claw him, uh, Daredevil j- jumps in and says... Wolverine. Don't do this, Wolverine. No. <laughs> says, don't do it. You, we're going to bring him in. We're not going to kill him. And he says, you are such an idiot. I've, we've gone over this before. Yeah, Daredevil. and we've had
0: this classic sequence of them kind of just going around in circles, talking to yeah. each other. Well, Wolver- anybody,
1: yeah, he says, you know, this is this is my war. The, this guy's killing mutants. I'm immune. Mutant. This yeah. has nothing to do with you. Get, get out of my way. This guy is a killer. If I have to get through you, I will. And Daredevil keeps saying, we're not killers. And he's like, no, I am. Yeah, I am I'm actually. <laughs> everything about me is killer. Yeah. So
0: get out of the way. So while this is happening Bushwhacker sneaks away and somehow manages to get to his next mutant and kill his next mutant which mm-hmm. is a ballerina yeah. and he hangs her body up in a pose on on um on a on, a, on, on a, a fence on a fence yeah mm-hmm. um and Wolverine and Daredevil are too late and she's dead so there's a huge moment that happens here see so Wolverine is like look at her Daredevil this is your fault I yeah. would have killed him and now because of you that mutant has died and, and Daredevil is kind of in shock, and he's like, "You know what? You're right." Um, and Wolverine, I love this. Wolverine's so mad, he slices at, at Daredevil and like cuts him across the chest. Yeah, I love it. I, but I it looks that. like
1: he just cuts his costume, like pushes no, him. Back. No, uh, I don't sure. know. He, 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 does he gets get a little He gets blood.
0: A, a little bit. Yeah. And, and Daredevil's so apologetic. He's like, oh, "I'm so sorry. You know, you're right. Look, I I, I still think we made the deci- the right decision, but like, you know, Wolverine, I can't look at her." Um, but I'm never going to stop seeing this, you yeah. know. I, like, like even though I've I've never felt more blind than this right now, I feel so terrible. Yeah, and there's then, a
1: great moment where Wolverine runs, gets to Bushwacker and is running towards him, and Bushwhacker's firing his gun, and Daredevil's behind him, and he says he's just dodging every bullet. He's just like,
0: no, but he all, but he also gets hit. And, he gets hit
1: a couple of times when he gets really close. But at first, he's he's yeah. just moving in that really kind of crazy animalistic way where he's dodging the bullets. Gets to him and says, oh, he's got a shot in the arm. And he's got shot again. And then finally he gets to him and he just starts slashing at Bushwacker. Gets shot again. He drops down. Daredevil comes in, throws a punch to Bushwacker. Bushwacker hits Daredevil. Um, then Wolverine slices... Th- they're fighting at a gas station. Wolverine slices a truck, which is uh, delivering gasoline, and pours it all over him and says, you can't use your gun now. If you fire your gun, you're going to go up in flames. And uh, he says, you're, you're as good as dead. And then he lights a match and stands there and says... I can kill you as well. I can just throw this match down. So whatever happens, you're going to die in the next few minutes. Dead El gives another speech about, we're not killers. We've got to hold him until the cops get there. And Bushwhacker says, uh, this is kind of cool. He says, shut up, both of you. Yeah. <laughs> he says, Wolverine, I understand you, even if you are my executioner. I get you. You're fine. You're a killer. I'm yeah. a killer. And he says, but you, red man, I've had enough of your mealy mouth, <laughs> bleeding heart, humanitarian ball. ball. I'd rather get torched than go rot in a cell. We're all nowhere men, all three of us. I welcome the Inferno.
0: And then he shoots his gun knowing it's going to kill him. And literally Wolverine and Daredevil, their reactions are great. Wolverine's yeah. like, what? <laughs> What's this guy it?" And then yeah. Daredevil's like, no. So Daredevil actually swings through, grabs Bushwhacker out of the explosion that he yeah. creates. And Wolverine gets knocked Wolverine, backwards. And yeah. when Wolverine walks up and
1: says, Is he still alive? Yeah. Oh, he is.
0: Okay. He, he, he I'm going to kill him. <laughs> yeah. And then Wolverine wants to kill him, and Daredevil says, No. And he grabs him by the arm. We, Yes, we break the law, but we're not God. We're not judges. We're not killers. So, anyways, the cops show up. So now we have Wolverine and Daredevil over Bushwagger's body. It's fading fast, but he's he's going to live. But, you know, like he's, he's in bad pain. Yeah. And Wolverine is just so frustrated, and he goes, I hate your brand of justice, not yours. Blast it. I want to kill him. And he goes, Daredevil, you and I were two different kind of animals, and then they separate. Yeah. Such a great issue. Last couple pages is just Matt back at the clinic, and we, and we find out, that, or he has a little run-in with Bushwacker's wife. Yeah, Karen's
1: in. there, and she says, do you want to talk? And he says, no, I don't want to go over it. And the wife comes in and says, Daredevil killed my husband, as good as killed my husband, because mm-hmm. he's now in intensive care, and he's dying. So, um, And Karen has a kind of worried, like, what did Daredevil do moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Issues. Great, great, great issues. work, yes. Ricardo Leonardo. Yes. I don't know if he's a Ricardo. I
0: don't know either. Yeah, but yeah. he's Rick Leonardi. Yes. And he's great, and he does great artwork, and you should look at he did. And, Al, and Will- Al Williamson too. I mean, I feel like the inking on in this issue was very fun too because yeah. the way that um, uh, uh, sorry, the way that um Leonardo draws these guys a lot of times are yeah. kind of crunched over because you know he's really into like posture, like showing you know like. You know you're wearing the weight on your shoulders and everything, and like everyone's like in these tight poses. Yeah. So there's a lot of shadows and stuff, and he, drew, a, he
1: feels that the characters feel the the, the panels, panels quite a because bit because they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly,
0: yeah. So a lot of like a lot of shadows to ink and everything. so yeah. that was cool. So the last two issues of the day that we're going to go over are 250 and 251. Where yeah, I'm gonna let Jamie talk a little bit more about this one because I've been babbling my head off. <laughs> but um John Ramita Jr. gets to jump. John, on
1: John Jonathan Ramithrathan yeah. Jonathan. And I
0: saw the I saw the cover. Uh, uh, of this one, and uh, automatically, I knew right away that it was that it was Ramita Junior, just because of the style, like it, like <sighs> that's him. I I can tell.
1: This is this is like hitting another patch of golden age Daredevil, golden mm-hmm. age in terms of the quality, not in terms of the age. If that makes any sense. Sure, but John Romita Jr. John Romita Jr., son of John Romita,
0: who I am, who like, drew uh, Daredevil way back, way back in the day, and uh, uh-huh. that, that issue with the Ox was so good. Yeah, do a this lot is, of good ones. The Gladiator number eighteen.
1: John Romita Jr. I think has been doing Spider-Man at this stage for a while, and there's what well, he's been around for a while. He did the uh, he did a little bit of work. I think he did a, a Daredevil. No, he didn't do a Daredevil early on. Maybe he inked a Daredevil early on. I remember seeing his name somewhere connected with Daredevil. (laughs) Or maybe it was in like a Spider-Man issue that he was doing Daredevil on. But um, he comes in 250. And one, I'm going to say it now. I know we talked about how handsome uh, Matt Murdock looked with Rick Leonardi's Mm -hmm. artwork in the last one. John Romita
0: draws my favorite Matt Murdock. Really? Yeah. That is so funny that you say that because... He, that's so funny that you say that because I was just thinking about it um, he has more of kind of floppy hair yeah and and, and that's an 80s thing I know yeah. um, I kind of like the like like Leonardi how he had a kind of more had a slick comb yeah it was a little bit more gelled or, or whatever mm-hmm. on the side um, I'm kind of more of a fan of that look than the kind of loose, like fluffy hair. Okay. I, if I imagine Matt running in this, when he runs, his hair fluffs; uh, it, it like <laughs> it bounces, it bounces up and down. <laughs> but I still like it, though. Don't get yeah. me wrong; it's still yeah. really good.
1: Oh yeah, um, we're also introduced to another. Again, I say throwaway, but in that, in the cool sense, rather than just like disposable. Mm-hmm. Um, another character that Anasenti and and John Romita Jr. in this instance uh, create just for. Comes in in this issue called Bullet, who is mm-hmm. just a fun bad guy. He's just yeah. like uh, there's no explanation given. There's no like big secret origin. He's just a tough guy.
0: I would like to know <coughs> his origin because he does have kind of like Bushwhacker. Yeah, he does have some superhumanness about him.
1: Yeah, he's he, kind of almost like uh, like the Juggernaut in a lot of ways. Yeah, ways.
0: yeah, yeah. He can punch incredibly fast. He he he. Uh, he's called Bullet because like he can move as quick as a bullet. Yeah. Um, superhuman speed i guess but he's also he's not like a you know any speedster is always very slender mm-hmm. this guy is gigantic this guy is huge yeah. it's like a, it's like a speedster kingpin almost
1: um this uh, we're introduced first to his son um who is what is his Lan- son's is name Lan- lance lance yeah lance, yeah. lance <clears throat> and lance is a, a young boy who is obsessed with the idea of mutually assured destruction and nuclear holocaust oh uh, nuclear my nuclear f- Man, I don't
0: know how much research that Nascenti did on this, but man, I was reading this and I'm like, she writes like she knows this like crazy well.
1: Well, you know, it was 1987. This was what we were growing up with back then, Joshua. You might be a little too young. To uh, yeah, I was. This I was stuff. born in '84, but just yeah, I, it's just this is what we were. This was crammed down our throats throughout the entire '80s. Okay, because she's like ri- the she's writing ended. it like she's
0: teaching it. Yeah. in a way. Yeah, yeah,
1: and it's kind of great. And you know what else, John Murray Jr draws my favorite Karen really yeah he draws her as kind yeah, of go like look. a loosely tied back Karen. hair she's he draws her as oh, okay she, she looks like just beautiful and, and oh and you know if I had to pick and,
0: I gotta I mean Gene Colan uh Gene Colan's Karen was pretty yeah but John, John Romita the father yeah. his Karen was more movie star like yeah Oh, Okay. Well, I like I like how he draws the real world characters. I don't this. like how Frank Miller drew Karen. Because, no. Well, I mean it's fine, but it's just I I, I like her being not like drugged out and. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: He draws her as emaciated. Although that was uh, David Mazzucchelli or.
0: Oh, you're right. Yeah, but he. Does, I'm sorry. That's right, yeah. David Mazzucchelli. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I, I just meant that because I like Karen being happier and yeah. prettier and stuff. Did
1: he draw? Did Frank Miller? No, because because she vanished from like yeah, one fifty something. Yeah, Karen was gone during during yeah, the Frank Miller time. was Yeah, yeah. Huh.
0: And anyways, has
1: Frank Miller ever drawn Karen? Question.
0: <laughs> Answer it for I, I bet you he did some covers of uh, Man of Fear. Or, or, or no, like that was John alt. Romita I know, Jr. but did. but do you think he ever did like any like alt covers or pin or did. pinups no. or anything? He may have drawn,
1: he may have done like a little for a, um, too. maybe I'm trying to remember if she's in that one. I don't think she is. Um, he may have done, he was so obsessed with Electra. I don't think he ever drew Karen. Um, he did like some like comics journal Mm. illustrations. Maybe, maybe he did her in there, but, um, but yeah, um, yeah. Well, we? we were talking about nuclear holocaust and then mm-hmm. we cut to the clinic and Karen's there and Matt's there and everything. Hey, I'm helping. sorry,
0: can I can I ask you a question? Yeah. Because you grew up uh you remember school in the eighties, I'm sure. I do. Um were teachers like this teacher? Were they old Japanese men? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, but I meant like the way that he, like that being like through his words, like that honest in terms of like Yeah. Like a catastrophe could happen at any moment. Well, uh, it wasn't just teachers.
1: I mean, I'm coming from from England as well, but teachers were very political back mm-hmm. then because there was in England, there was a lot of attacks against teaching. There was a, a lot of, uh, uh, money was being pulled out of the teaching, uh, coffers at that stage. There was a collapse of a, a whole program for helping teachers, especially in London. But, um, <laughs> but during the mutually assured destruction and the soviet arms race and all of that stuff that was going on it was it was on tv constantly there was Mm -hmm. public service announcements there was pamphlets being delivered there was a lot of almost all of the stories had something connected to to that especially in like 1986 87 it was Mm -hmm. at a height i mean you had ronald reagan who was senile and insane and and everyone thought he could Blow up Russia at any point, you had Russia who were painted as being these bad guys that could blow us up at any point um Maggie thatcher who was monstrous and probably ready to join in just for the sheer hell of it, so it felt like there was definitely something going to happen um and it wasn 't just teachers, it was everyone but mm-hmm. this they they kind of tie it in because uh Matt's at the clinic, and he is helping. Um, the the tenant situation still when three mums the the million mums march in the three mums uh, at the school march in and say this but, teacher's been teaching about nuclear holocaust and
0: I, <coughs> just, I just mean like if you take a look at like Lance so yeah. so Lance is uh, uh, Bullet's son and uh, th- th- this is so dramatic for him yeah and this is but he's obsessed with, with he's, the idea he's obsessed war. with it that it is literally making him not live his life. And but I might be also because his dad's bullet, which, well, which, which could be true. But yeah. I mean, it's at the same time. It's about, you know, it's the whole living in fear thing, uh-huh. you know, like, yes, at, at any point, you know, like me and Jamie in the studio that we're in right now, at any point there could be an earthquake and the roof could fall on us. But yeah, we don't think about it because if we were constantly thinking about that roof falling on us, then it would be like, you know. You know, crap. <laughs> yeah, it's like the
1: Chicken Little or whatever that story right, is that you exactly. have in so Exactly. So that's why I,
0: I just I feel so bad for Lance because um he's being told that this could happen at any point, and he's obviously his mind is young, yeah. so he's already you know upset or you know you know he can be influenced easily. Yeah. But like you know, he's definitely got some screws loose in his head too, so it's extra bad for him. I just feel bad for him as well. Yeah. That's why I was curious if it if it kind of started out with like that. Particular.
1: Hey, do you, do you know what Bullet's real name is? Because uh, they don't reveal it in this. No, what is it? It's Buck
0: Cashman. <laughs> Buck Cashman. All right, there you go. So Lance Cashman. So so, anyways, so um after um so we're back in the clinic and uh these ladies show up. But before these ladies show up, we kinda we, we see another guy in a in a little uh stocky He's a little cap. Beanie. Yeah, beanie was talking about, you know. It's the tenant guy. Like he it, it, the dialogue here is important because we find out that Matt is I guess ghost lawyering is the yeah. way that this guy puts it, is that Matt is not actually lawyering for these people. He's, he's helping them. He's helping them so they can lawyer for themselves. And yeah. that's the key here. That's what this whole clinic does. Because it's gonna they're going to try mm. to shut it down here in a little bit. But it's, it's like, no, it's like these people are lawyering for themselves. Yeah. I'm literally just giving advice. So anyway, so these ladies pop in and Matt is like, you know, um, do you really want to file something? You know, da da da. basically
1: says that you you got options where you can have someone in a school teaching them about stuff that's real, or you can have it being taught out on the streets and it's like a first amendment thing hear going it. on
0: here. Uh, well anyway, so at that and we and then after they kind of figure like, okay, well maybe we should back off a little bit, this other cat shows up and um uh, he works for this group of uh they're called the uh, the grassroots envirom- uh, environmental environmental group. Save the planet. Yeah, yeah, they're the the Save the Planet and um they're a nonprofit grassroots environmental group. There yeah. we go. Save the planet and it's, um uh, his name's Roland. He looks like Orson Wells with a blonde yeah. beard. Yeah, he kind of does. <laughs> um but anyway, so so they have a discussion, him and Matt, and um he basically tells Matt that, like, um, you know, Kelco is doing bad stuff, yeah. and 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 these guys are getting evidence and proof for all that type of stuff. Yeah, he
1: says we've got a bunch of evidence, yeah. but we haven't been able to go through it because we don't have the time. But Kelco's lawyers keep creating all these loopholes and making us basically right. they're, they're basically creating like a putting the brakes on for us to do anything.
0: So Matt is like, oh, he hears Kelco, and he's yeah. like, hey. There's Tyrone, who I want to help out. This could be good. So yeah, we legal swordplay. Yeah, so we're we're foreshadowing Matt might having to s- slip into something red and go yeah. and try to get that stuff out of that grassroots office.
1: Then he senses uh, a man walks in who's uh, kind of like a stock villainy, very angular face, very long um, equine features, smoking a cigarette in an expensive suit. Uh, he, Matt... Pretends to be blind, bumbles into him, says, "Oh, sorry. Who are you? Can I help you?"
0: Yeah, he's recording Matt Cuttell. that he, yeah, has he a, says, they, "I can, I can hear a tape a, recorder, a tape recorder on him." Yeah, yeah.
1: I, w- I thought it would have been cool if he'd switched it off when he bumped into him, but <laughs> they don't mention it. Um, <laughs> and this guy, we find out later, is Mister Fasolini. Vaseline. He is a, uh, 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 a high, high lawyer. Very nice, thank you. Uh, he's <laughs> a, a high-end lawyer that's here to shut the legal clinic down because he says you have been disbarred, Mr. Murdoch, and I'm coming here to close you down. Um, we cut to this. Is my oh. bullet is so cool oh, in this sequence? So cool. So we bounce over to the office of the general. I think this is the same general that uh, Kingpin had the whole um, the the thing in earlier where he was. Uh, um, fall from grace, and is it fall from grace? Why no, am I getting the names mixed it. up? Yeah, why am I blanking on this? Help me. The uh, the born again, born again. Thank you. Yeah, this is the born again general who just looks like a sweaty mess. He's in this uh, office, he's, and he's so
0: nervous yeah. being around Bullet.
1: He's basically this is great. That's he's, how p- tough this guy is. Yeah, he's saying to Bullet, Look, Bullet, you know, I'm a patriot, this is illegal, blah blah blah. And Bullet's just like, and then and he says, Uh, would you like to sit down, Mr. Bullet? He's like, No he says okay um keeps talking 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 says something else uh could you just stand still a moment no <laughs> and he says uh, you know general you got a voice like a needle scratching through the best song on a record so cut the ball okay old boy he says look you i do things for money you want to give me money i'll do them i don't care about all this patriot stuff <laughs> tell me what you want me to do and i'll go and do it you get it and he says oh by the way um he gra- and he punches through a a, a two-way mirror pulls out two guys and he says uh and and uh, the general says bullet they were just standard precautionary guards and he said if they stood out in the open where i could see them, fine but see i'm paranoid you hide something and i begin to think you got something to hide
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> later so cool so good
1: yeah then we cut over to new jersey and we're going through one of uh, Calco's dumping grounds which they have the permits nasty, for nasty. and uh, it's Gloriana and Foggy and Foggy for some reason brought his photography girlfriend to a site that could completely destroy his case um, and he's walking through and he's saying this is crazy, this is where they're supposed to be like everything's supposed to be labeled none of this stuff is labeled, all of this stuff sitting in standing water which is against regulation, this this is a really bad site um, and Gloriana's saying you know this is this is awful. Why are you doing this? Why are you defending these guys? And he says, because I'm a lawyer, because the nature of law is that I can't make the judgments. I just get hired to do Mm -hmm. it as a lawyer and I've got to do Mm -hmm. the best I can. And she mentions Matt. And there's a, there's a, a moment where they talk about like, stop bringing up Matt. You know, every time you want me to feel bad, you bring up Matt and it's, it's not, it doesn't work. I've got to do this work. I've been hired to do this work. Um, then from going from one, Uh, place where a suit is getting dirty to another we see oh i um, i
0: love this moment yeah i I love this so so karen is at home washing daredevil's outfit in the sink with soapy dish soap Uh and And she's she's she's, this is great where she's mentioned it no you can do it no 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 do do it it. okay
1: she says uh (laughs) boy this is uh, this this uh sorry my eyesight isn't as good as it used to be boy does he ever get this thing dirty Tar rooftops, rusty fire escapes, seedy back alleys, smoky pool halls. That's the turf he runs around in. No wonder it's turning the water black. Got the dirtiest dirt in the city all over it. And then she dances a little bit and <laughs> hangs it up. On a washing line. It says, you know, from a distance, it probably just looks like pajamas, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Them. No
0: one's going to notice no it. Gonna I hang that i hanging out to dry. So literally Daredevil's outfit is hanging. On a washing line. On a washing line between the clothes. Yeah. It's so And she's pleasant. just, and, and she's Karen's happy. just so happy. She's, she's saying like, so, I, I love know, this so yeah. much. She's so happy.
1: Yeah. And then she says, oh, I didn't see his mask. I wonder you know where what?
0: it is. You know what? You're right. John Romita's Karen he is amazing. He chose a great Karen, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. She is amazing. Yeah,
1: she looks like a real person, which is It's
0: such a neat little sequence too. Mm-hmm. Um then we cut across to the
1: Save the Planet headquarters uh, where Matt is going through a whole bunch of things and he's kind of he's sitting there with his dark glasses on reading the documents and he says no one's here, why am I pretending to be blind? This is crazy. <laughs> I don't need this stuff. I can read really quickly now with my fingers. I've got it all down. Um and he's got he's found some stuff. He's found some uh there's some hey. the regulations that they've avoided. And he says, but um, I found a case that can
0: pin them to the ground. One thing I don't understand is why did Matt go... So Matt obviously broke in. Yeah. So why Well, did I he... don't think he did. I think he just got... Uh, or maybe he did. Maybe he yeah, went there. Yeah, it's nighttime. I think he <laughs> yeah. broke in. And I was kind of wondering... Um, I don't know if it's too early to bring this up, but I was kind of wondering if the guy that came in to tell Matt yeah. about this stuff wanted him... To come here, so that way... uh, He does drop that it's
1: the New Jersey headquarters quite a lot, but they never really... That's the only time we see him in those three panels. I was wondering if he
0: was... Because um, when we saw Bullet first in this issue, we find out that this place is going to blow up. Yeah. And and you're gonna let it blow up, and then once it blows up, you're then going to arrest you're you're arrest gonna, yeah quote, quotation the, the the terrorist that blew it up. Yeah.
1: and you're gonna bring him in so that the police can't so touch him because ca- he's working for us.
0: It almost seemed like I was wondering if they wanted Matt to be there on purpose because it was going to get blown up.
1: Yeah, it does seem like a setup across across yeah, the board. I don't know. Um, and Matt realizes that he's got the Daredevil mask, mask in, in his, his back. pocket. Kind of weird, but. <clears throat> and he says that's weird why did I I don't remember sticking it in
0: my pocket I just, no think I just think it's funny that he broke in uh, and he's wearing little tiny short shorts he's wearing short shorts night. on
1: a Long beaches for lovers uh, yeah. t-shirt when he broke
0: into this yeah. uh
1: um, and then uh, he hears some noises. He hears uh, some plastics being moved around, something being cut, some wires being moved around, and then he hears a match go up and he says, of course I know what it is. And this, this sequence is, I love the artwork in this. Yeah. So someone has lit a fuse on the explosives and is running away counting down, and as he's doing that, Matt jumps out of the window and smashes to the ground just as the explosion goes off. The guy's there. Matt has a quick little radar sense and sees him and uh, says, I better put on my mask in case someone sees me. Um, and he says, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm in New Jersey. No one's going to recognize me here. <laughs> um, tackles the guy to the ground and says, OK, you're under arrest. Um, what are you doing? Why are you here? Do you work for Calco? The guy says, I don't know who Calco is. And he's heartbeat steady. Um, and he says, hang on a second. I can sense something moving. Oh,
0: my gosh. This is so cool.
1: Just, a, yeah, a streak <laughs> of, of stuff behind him knocks him. And he screams out in pain, drops to the ground and says, this guy is big and fast. And the guy says, uh, his bullet says, thanks for grabbing a terrorist stranger, but I'll take care of it from here. I'll see this jerk to the lockup. And he says, hang on a second, he's lying. And he runs towards him and the guy goes to punch him and he has to jump out of the way. And he says, uh, not for nothing. You move like a pro and you got me mad. So he starts, he, and it's a great top shot of, uh-huh. of Bullet charging towards Matt. And Matt's, it's almost like his radar is kind of reaching out mm-hmm, to sense mm-hmm. where he is. And he says, he's moving really quickly. If I position myself with these metal doors behind me, I can just get out of the way. Maybe I can trap him in them
0: and stun him a little bit. But he hits them. Oh, but, I, I, I love, yeah. I love whenever artists have Matt jumping out of the way at the last second. Yeah, I love when they do that. It's so cool.
1: Yeah, I love how John romita draws. He's... He 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 draws his his fingers splayed rather than a fist when he does it as well. So it's like this this kind of graceful movement of opening your hand like a dancer or a, a gymnast rather than like this right. this this point of uh, of a um, of, of fist. Of, of, um, and then um, Bullet basically just is doesn't seem phased by being hit by knocking into things and keeps getting out of the way and says, "Look, get out of the way." I'm going to arrest this guy. You got nothing. There's nothing you can do. I work for the government. Uh, get out of the way. And he says, Who are you? And he says, I'm the night watchman. He says, Okay, sure. I'm going to remember your face. Because if I ever encounter you again, there's going to be trouble.
0: Foreshadow. Yeah,
1: foreshadow. Um, and then he leaves with the guy, and, and Matt's just left there with the building burning. We- and,
0: but, but Daredevil doesn't know what the truth is. That's kind of the key here. Yeah. It's like, so everybody was lying. So that guy didn't know that he was blowing or he didn't know who he was working for. Uh, bullet doesn't know, or 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 bullet does know, but it was just it was weird. It kind of confused Matt as to what's going on.
1: Yeah, he's kind of left in this weird yeah. space where he's like, "Well, that was all very weird."
0: And that takes us <coughs> to um, the apartment where this is funny. So Lance, who's Bullet's kid, yeah. has his own apartment because yeah. Lance doesn't want his kid living alone. Lance with him doesn't like because, being crowded. Yeah, it doesn't like being crowded. So he, he puts his his kid living alone. No yeah. wonder he's kind of screwed up. So he says, Look, it, I'll
1: pay all the bills. You yeah. let me know
0: when the bills come, but I can't be around you. Yeah, I can't too, be it's too much. It's too weird. So Bullet shows up, he doesn't have his mask on, he's got a nice little Fu Manchu. Yeah. And Lance is he all, looks like, like Dennis Franz with a Fu Manchu. He, and he, stuff. He, he's making food. Uh, Lance is very you know, he's smart, he's saying, like, you know, I gotta eat the food that spoils first. It could be nuclear disaster at any mm. point. I gotta make sure that, you know, like like uh, you know, I'm prepared and, and Lance he says I'm
1: making dinner for my dad as well because he's going to come. He's going to come
0: over, and and what's funny is it's like so you know he shows up. Bullet does, and Bullet is like looking at his son, and and it goes why are you so weird? Like, yeah. like, don't be so dumb. Like, I yeah. mean, come on, be a normal kid. Don't, I can't be around you. You're yeah, a weirdo. Yeah, you're this weird. is really getting on my nose. And so he decides he's going to leave and it's making him really sad because he's like, no, we're supposed to hang out together and, and you can't go outside because there could be nuclear war at any time. Yeah. So anyway, so um, Lance goes and gives him a hug and he's like, you know, you know what? Um, okay, Even though I'll, you're weird, I'll hang you're, out. You're weird. I'll hang out. So it ends with Matt back at his office, probably going over, writing stuff up for what he just saw at the grassroots. Um, What's the name of the place? Save, uh, Save the planet. Save the planet. At the Save the Planet place, and that same kind of sleazy guy shows up, saying, "I've got a summons for you to appear in court for your crime of, of lawyering without a license." Yeah, you illegal lawyering. Illegal lawyering. Yeah. Well, that takes that us was to issue two hundred and fifty. Yeah, our last kind of came and went. I know two fifty. Wow, we've gone over two hundred and fifty issues of Daredevil. We have plus probably more than fifty uh, appearances, yeah. and if you include. Um, the daredevil yellow graphic novel and then the electro one and, and all that stuff. We've probably gone over, over 300 easily over 300 daredevil appearances. Yeah. Easily. That is insane.
1: Yeah. So we go to 251, which has a, uh, save the planet. Uh, something I'm just going to grab a tissue. My nose is running. a
0: little. Yeah, no problem. So anyway, so this is a, a continuation of the story that we just finished and, um, it's got a cool cover, uh, Danger, where uh, Daredevil and Bullet are both standing in one of the dump grounds where um, Kelco obviously drops all of their stuff. So this issue starts with that that the Save the Planet group. They 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 are a little bit. um, They don't just talk the talk. They actually kind of you know activists. They're activists, so they're actually doing something about this. So they don't like what Kelco's doing. So in order to get back at Kelco, because obviously you know, threats need to actually have some type of physicalness to them in order for them to mean anything... When, when you're dealing with a company that's that big, they actually go and they get a whole bunch of mannequins and dress them up like employees of Kelco, uh-huh. and they hang them and light them on fire. Yeah. So they are burning these mannequins that they pretend that they're killing. And yeah. the members of, of Save the Planet are kind of have mixed feelings where some of them are like, okay, this is enough. This is us doing everything that we yeah. need to do. We they're are planning to on get these. the tires as well If the yeah. trucks. Oh, as that's they right. Yeah, they're also going to cut the tires. All things that c- should get them, um, obviously... Uh, should make them go to jail because they're doing things that are, you know, not pe- it's not peaceful protesting. So, anyways, so um, a couple of people are like, "Well, this isn't enough." Yeah, like you know, we Including need to do Tyron's more. Including Tyrone's dad. Yeah, is it Tyrone's <clears throat> dad? Tyrone's
1: dad mentions that his son was, was oh, blinded you're by right. the yeah yeah yeah, and he says, "I want to blow the the offices up." I'm to blow like, them that's up. a step too like, far. That he's is like, a No step one's too in far. there. We can yeah. blow it up. It'll be fine. And they said, "Okay, we've got to get out of it. Let's get out of here, and we'll talk about whether or not we need to do anything." And Bullitt's been watching from the shadows, um, and he says, it's great, you know, uh, I'm going to have to ruin your cause now. This is government business, nothing personal. I'm going to frame you for a murder. So he's got a canister of toxic waste, and he dumps the body of one of the uh, Calco um, execs and uh, puts it in there so it looks like the uh, Save the Planet have actually killed someone that works for Kelco and dumped his right. body in, a, in a, a, a vat, a canister of... Uh, it-
0: and, toxic waste. And, and what happens here is it just, uh, this is what I like about Bullet so much, Jamie. Is Bullet is just like whatever happens, happens type yeah. of deal. Like he sticks his hand in the toxic waste <laughs> and he dumps a person in and he doesn't even wash his hands. Yeah. He literally just like dumps it in there and he's like, eh, toxic waste, toxic waste, yeah. whatever. It can't so hurt he, me. It, can't, it, it can't hurt me. So after he does that and frames the Save the Planet environmentalist group, he then goes. To his son's apartment, which is kind of funny. He goes to his son's apartment, and his son is um, using a little lamp. He's reading about, you know, nuclear holocaust. Yeah. He comes in, and he's got all this. I love the way that Ramita Junior, like his panel work here, is great. About yeah. About how, like, I don't know, it's just really good, and we can kind of see the, the coloring too about how the green on his hand is just yeah. from, from from putting the guy the in there glowing. So anyway, so um, he goes, he sees his son, he puts his hand on his son's head, and he's like, "What's that smell?" Oh. Lance is like, what's that smell? And, you know, obviously he's got the nuclear waste on his glove and he's touching his face. And his his son's like, um, uh, what's that stuff? You should go wash your hands and everything. And and dad's like, oh, stop it. This stuff's not going to hurt you. Knock it off.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and and uh, <laughs> he says,
1: you really bugged me. I'm yeah, going to leave. Yeah, you bugged
0: me. I'm going to leave now. And he goes, but you know what? OK, fine. Later we can play pool. Yeah, we'll yep. go play pool, but I can't hang around you anymore. I can't, yeah, I can't stand this. So then he leaves, and then so his son puts on a gas mask. I feel so bad for Lance. Poor oh, kids.
1: Yeah. Then we have a moment with uh, Mister Fisk hanging out mm-hmm. <clears throat> in the shadows. Pretty cool. Uh, he's he's there and the general, the sweaty general, <laughs> basically yeah. talking about what he did and like you know uh, is everything going to be okay? Why are we why are we even doing this? We could just clean up the whole thing. And Kingpin says, "Look, the whole point is to make this as as." blatantly obvious as possible so that Matt gets angry. I want Murdoch yeah. so angry that he feels he has no choice but to do it. it uh,
0: that's what I like about Kingpin so much. It's yeah. probably, since Born Again, we'll say, I mean comic book wise it's been over a year yeah. but we'll say it's probably been like five or six months, at least a couple months since um, Fisk has come back from Europe Yeah. and all he cares about is Matt Murdoch because Matt beat him in the end yeah. and he's so fixated yeah, on destroying Matt, and
1: everyone's saying, "You're doing. You, why are you doing this? Let it go, let it go." And he's like, like "He's like, don't, nope, I, don't talk to me."
0: I, I, you, I, you, you know, it's probably a good thing he didn't let it go yeah. because if he would have let it go, he probably would have caused so much more corruption if his focus was actually on business. Yeah, you know, his focus is literally on destroying Matt.
1: <laughs> yeah, everyone's still making money, so keep mm-hmm. keep it. Sh- zipped um we cut over to the site of the uh, protest the murder um the, or the dump body the framed murder and matt has snuck in in um hazmat suit mm-hmm. and uh, while he's there you have gloriana and foggy watching and they're talking about the body in this terrible toxic waste which is like bullets been rubbing on his son's face and um and uh, gloriana's taking pictures and um Again, they go into the whole thing of like, what I'm doing is just being a lawyer. You can't blame me. I've got to do it because it's my job, and I'm, you know, he, he 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 never ever says I'm not happy with it because he's just trying to justify mm-hmm. doing it. Right. Um. Someone mentions Matt again, and he says, "Can you stop talking about?" Uh, someone, his Gloriana. Gloriana mentions Matt and he says, look, it's always hanging over. I feel like he's always watching me and Matt kind of chuckles and says I am. I'm here. I'm watching you. I'm keeping an eye on you. Kind of disappointed that you've been doing all this. He's thinking all this. Um, but he, he says this is kind of cool where he talks about, like, he's in his hazmat suit and he says the chemical smell is very distinctive. I've got a trace of it now so I know what I'm looking for. Anyone who's been touching this chemical, I can now find him. Mm-hmm. I know that it's tied to um to Bullet. Calco and to Bullet he says I yeah. can also smell a trace of French import tobacco which ties it to Bullet I right. know that he's been here and uh, I could also feel the, the dead body through this hazmat suit mm-hmm. and know that he's been dead longer than they're claiming he has so I know right. that it's a setup um, and then we go over to the free clinic we meet um, is it Richard is that the guy's name
0: um, no it's David David thank mm-hmm. you David
1: yeah. who is going to be the ghost he's going to be the, the front um so he's going to work and do basically say what Matt tells him to say to become the law, the the face of the right the lawyer because he's been disbarred
0: and he wants to do it too. He's even Matt yeah. even says, "Hey, it could be a little bit dangerous." He goes, yeah. "Hey, I'm dying for it. Give me the good fight." Anyway. Yeah,
1: he's a, he's quite a cool character. Yeah, he is. Um, and he's there to help out. And he's like, "Yeah, absolutely. I'm more than happy." The uh, Mr. Fasolini comes and, back. just and
0: I just want to point out. So this clinic that Karen and Matt started. Yeah. Well, really, Karen started it. Um, like it's really become like, um, it's become like a
1: community center where a a lot of, a lot of homeless people come
0: and hang out there. And a lot of ex druggies and people that are currently drug addicts that are trying to get help. And it's like, it's, it's so overcrowded. There are so many people there, um, all looking for free help and that people are literally like sleeping on the floor.
1: Yeah. So we get, um, Bucko comes back who we haven't seen for a while. Bucko comes in and he's being brought in by Mr. Fasolino. Um, who says we're going to close it down? And a bunch of the people, Hilda <laughs> and this the, the so fat coo- boys. Yeah, it's so cool. They that- <laughs> kind of make fun of it.
0: And they're like, yeah, you're going to shut us down? Okay, well, what are we going to do with all these people that are ex-druggies who are trying to get help? You want to get them back on the streets? This is where we live now. Yeah, we need to be here. And obviously the cops are kind of like doing that whole like backing up slowly. Like, um, okay, we're going to go because obviously you're not doing anything that's really that bad. And Buck like, why am I even here?
1: He says, get out of here. And he says, uh, hey, Murdoch, just make sure you make your court date, okay? Um, Let's go. And takes the police out. So they... They um they have a little moment where the they they Karen says you know we're, we're not making any money here but I'm
0: so glad we're here everything's going great it's a moment where like they're both exhausted they've been yeah. working hard but <clears throat> it's that type of work like Jamie I don't know if you've ever like I don't know if you ever I'm sure you had a lot of jobs where it was like physical labor jobs yeah. like like at the end of the day like you know I I haven't had one for a while Um, But like you know, when I was really getting out and working with their hands and muscles, at the Mm. end of the day, when you sit on the couch and you you know whatever your poison is—beer, soda, whatever—you're sitting down and you have that feeling of accomplishment and Mm -hmm. like you worked really hard. That is the type of feeling that these people have, and it's it's such a good feeling, and they're both happy, and that's why they get this really sweet embrace, where they're like, you know, we're doing hard physical, even though they're not like lifting. It's like physical intense work. Yeah, And they feel good about it.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of sweet. Uh, Karen says, I feel like the whole world's falling apart sometimes. And, and, and Matt says, hush, don't worry, Karen. I'll hold the world together for you. And then we have a beautiful... Oh, this is the best... Oh, Daredevil just Ugh. leaping and... Using just the well,
0: I, tip of his I, cane I, I, I want to point balance. out. Um, <coughs> um I want to give mad props out to Williamson here, yeah. the Inker, because this this shot of Daredevil is it's a half page and it's Daredevil sideways. He's literally going across the page, cutting it in half horizontally. Mm-hmm. And you know he's got his. Um, it's kind of hard to tell, but I guess it's on a rooftop. He's yeah. got his cane to balance on the yeah. on the rooftop. His billy club, but like, like look how much black is in that image. Yeah, it's literally almost all black
1: yeah it's beautiful it it is it's so cool it's he's backlit by the moon jumping across a rooftop using like just leaping and using the tip of the cane to to propel him further on and then he lands on a just just the the like the the shape in the second smaller panel i'm I'm, I'm, I'm taking i'm
0: taking a picture of this i had to post this post this later it's so nice
1: um J.R.J.R. JR does a, a great, this is, this is funny. I love this bit. Uh, Matt says, okay, I've tracked, I I can sense the smell. I can smell the, the toxic stuff. I can smell the French cigarettes. I know where Bullet is. I'm going to go get him. And he's talking about, you know, how you have the courts and law and it's beautiful. I go out and track this guy down and then I drop him off to be uh, dealt with by the law. So it's, it's a beautiful, machine that works and it's beautiful, pure beautiful justice. And he swings down and um <laughs> Bullet has taken his kid to a bar called The Last Exit.
0: <laughs> hey, he promised he was gonna play pool He's gonna him.
1: play pool with him. And it's it's kind of like a it's a wild bar. He goes in um and it's very uh very lively in there. There's a lot of characters in there. Um Daredevil swings in and there's this great line from this one guy like he walks in, and uh, some guy goes, What the heck? Another guy says, Well, well, red spandex tight as a drum. You pitching or catching, red man? <laughs> <laughs> and Dead Evil thinks, Something, somehow I don't think he's talking about baseball. <laughs> 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 oh, Matt, you, you poor innocent. Um, and then, uh, like, a bunch of people crowd around, and they're like, Wow, I bet he plays roughs and kind of be sleazy around him. But it's uh, no, no one's, it's not like, people are attacking him, they're just this is their this is where they feel safe, this is where mm-hmm. they're happy. So it's kind of it's kind of a, a cute little moment. Um and then uh Daredevil uh senses the French tobacco, goes to the back and he says, There he is, he's playing pool and he walks up. This is great. Bullet just doesn't flinch. He's playing pool with his son and Daredevil says, Great shot. Where were you shooting last night? And he's like, Get stuff. Get stuff. <laughs> I mean, he says, "I think you're out murdering someone." And uh, we should mention that he that um, Bullet had said to Lance, "If anyone asks about last night, say I was with you." Yeah, yeah, you're my alibi kid. Yeah, and Bullet throws the porky at him, jumps at him. Jumps it's a everybody. really
0: cool little sequence. Yeah. And while it's happening, Matt is also kind of interrogating Lance. Yeah. And Lance says, oh, "Um, uh, yes, sir, sir, my father was uh, he yeah. alone with me at night. And Matt can obviously tell that he's lying. But Matt realizes, you know what? I can't continue to fight Bullet in front of his kid. That'd yeah. be wrong. So you know what I'm going to do? And he says, while well, he's doing it, I'm taking this cue ball, or this eight mm-hmm. ball. Mm-hmm. It's got your fingerprints on it. And I'm going to, um, you know, we're going to see how innocent see. you really are. Yeah, let's find out. So as he's swinging around, he senses that bullets coming after him, and then they get into this fight, and it's such a cool moment, yeah. Jamie. After bullet. Punches the wall and completely destroys this wall. Mm-hmm. He pick, um, Daredevil drops the eight ball. Bullet well, picks up an eight ball and smashes it in yeah. his hand. You know how hard it would be to crunch an eight ball in your hand.
1: Yeah, if anyone has ever oh, done it, geez. send in a video. <sighs> to yes. us, and we'll <laughs> play it on the website of you crushing an eight ball of an eight ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and basically, Bullet just says, "There's your evidence. There's your evidence. So yeah. much for your fingerprints." Um, and then they get into a great fight. Where great, fight. The, you know it is very much like the juggernaut where bullet is just throwing punches and coming at him and daredevil's basically staying out of the way and trying to avoid him getting hit. Cause he knows if it's one hit he's done for and hitting him as much as he can, which doesn't seem to affect him. And at one point he even says, is he even feeling this? Yeah. <laughs> Cause he's like, he smashes into a car, he hits him with a trash can, he punches him in every part of his body.
0: So the police end up showing <clears throat> up and Matt's like, all right, now, you know, like here you go, you, yeah. You know, we're gonna get you to turn in, and and, and I love this. Set. So bullets like, you know what. This is this is stupid. Just watch this. All right, guys, I killed the person. Take me in. Go ahead. Yeah. Hey, pigs! I murdered the slob. So what? Take me in. And he goes. I'll be out before you know it. And and you know he goes in the back seat, and the cop is saying, um, "Daredevil, about all this destruction? Yes, officer. I'll find a way to fix things. Yeah, don't we'll worry, I'll, I'll fix it." So, so the and
1: then, uh, but before that, bullet actually says, uh, "Hey, I recognize those moves. I oh know yeah, you that's are. right. You're he the was, night watchman. You're the
0: night watchman. The guy in the tiny little yeah. shorts and the long beach shirt. Yeah." <laughs>
1: And then, uh, and, and yeah, um, the officer says, uh, Dead officer says, I'll find a way of fixing it. And, mm-hmm. um, and Bullet is in the car and he says, Don't
0: worry about the damages. Put it on my tab. Put it on my tab. Yeah. And so the very the, the issue ends. It's the next day. Matt is dealing with David. Um, he feels like he's getting somewhere. Yeah. And he's he feels like, like he is. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then, um, Karen comes in and just says, Look, um, and, and Matt says, You know, I, I'll be able to get the fingerprints. When they arrest him, they'll take him to the police station. They'll fingerprint him. I'll be able to get them there, and we can tie Bullet to the whole thing. And Karen comes in and says, look, I just found out. I came from the police station, spoke to Bucko. Uh, Bullet made one phone call and was out of there. Charges dropped, no fingerprints. He's free. And Matt gets frustrated, grabs all the paperwork on his desk, and just throws it up and says, this is the law. This is the justice system. It's just tons of paper. There's no justice. It's just paper.
0: It's litter worthless and there you have it everybody there you have it wow <sighs> we covered a lot today but you know what all five of these issues were very fun yeah. um as, you know like like i'm so glad that we're going to start diving into the to the john uh ramita jr stuff with Santi yeah. because i had never read this stuff you know re, you know except for maybe one or two issues mm-hmm. i i so it's all new to me every time i'm reading it i'm reading it for the first time so it's really <laughs> it's really exciting and um I love that little two-parter with uh, with Wolverine. Um, it, it was so much fun. I really encourage you guys to go out and get it. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to eventually end up being on Marvel Unlimited because they'll get all Daredevil on there. But I mean, it's just it's it's really good. It's really fun. Great. Yeah, pick work. up the singles.
1: They're not that expensive. As yeah, well. they've never they've never been too expensive to get yeah. them. Even in Wolverine's height, you could pick up that one for a couple of bucks.
0: Yeah. Um. Wow. Well, hey. Next episode, we get to talk about a really cool new character.
1: We again another throwaway character, another throwaway villain. But from.
0: but she's not very throwaway though. Oh my goodness! No, she, none she, of these are. They're great villains no, that they, she just
1: they, comes up like Anderson. He just says, "You yeah. need a villain? I've got one for you."
0: I, I liked um uh who was the one? Bushwhacker. Yeah, I liked Bushwhacker. I liked Bushwhacker more than Bullet, but my But I I like Bullet too. But this is the order of the three. Since yeah. we're just talking about this podcast in the network in uh, the next one. Number 3 is um is uh, bullet. bullet. Number 2 is Bushwhacker. Number 1 is the female that we're going to be talking about next week. Yes. So awesome. Yeah. She's an incredible and, character. And she, and she is quite famous. She's still around. Yeah. Sort of. In, well, she's yeah. Great. Yes. Yeah,
1: it's it's a really great sequence of uh, I mean this is it it feels like John Romita Jr. Al Williamson and Anna Seney just hit it off instantly in, in issue 250 and then it just keeps getting better and better and when the character that we're going to talk about next episode comes along it just feels like wow they've really found the groove together and they're really working well together and everything seems to the, the words work the layouts work the mm-hmm. artwork the ink and in it's it's great it's good yeah. stuff
0: all right well Save thanks for thanks for listening everybody I hope uh, you stayed with us all the way till the end and yeah. um you know, if you ever have any questions or want to give us feedback or rate the podcast on iTunes or any of those sites, definitely do it. We appreciate uh, you guys uh, and you guys gals listening and out zin with zin us. Zin, zin. Yeah, thanks everyone. Thank you. I'm Joshua. I'm Jamie. We, we just, just did, did Daredevil. Daredevil.